Live Jasmine was free. Yeah, that well, well, like the first few minutes was. It, well, it? it's free until somebody comes along and does a paid session. Like oh. somebody, they, they somebody buys. It. Like she's on there trying to get somebody to do a private session, and then when when someone goes, okay, I'm I'm going to do a private session, or they buy it. Then you get like a countdown. Okay, private session starts in X number of minutes, and everybody can buy to be in on the private session. And that's usually when I'm out. So I'm just let me write that one down for a, a comedy movie where somebody goes, "Hey, I once talked down, down talked a girl from suicide off of Lie Jasmine." Like, oh, wait, no. you did what? She was down talking some other some dude, dude that was. Oh, uh, what a fucking and, I, and you're just watching all this play out. You like I I'm stopped like, jacking oh, off. Well, I was jacking off. Now I'm watching. Uh, <laughs> now I'm making sure you know I don't end up on Live Leak. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't give a shit. Whatever. Well, that website's. Damn hey, right. dude, could you, can you imagine some of the other guys like, hey, dude, could you kill yourself? Shit, or get off the pod because I'm trying to finish jacking off. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, so keep in mind, most of this is all happening in the chat because the guy, you know, you don't have a mic. That, this is one of the right? funniest stories I've ever heard, Morgan. This and is obscene. She is freaking out, and you can hear her freaking out, but the chat quickly went to do uh, it. Yeah, dude, you're ruining my my session. I'm here. The level Get of selfishness. Oh on my god, livejasmine.com. Fucking uh, loser. Who was? It was brilliant. <sighs> what that was? That's the greatest troll of all times to get on Live Jasmine. It's probably what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. But I mean, she has to take it seriously. Of course. Put that in a movie. I'm ready to work. That's one of the funniest. You should. Jesus yeah, Christ, man. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, you know, and like I'm assuming whenever those things are going on, there's like hundreds of guys sometimes, right? No, it felt more like there might have been eight or ten of us at least actively in the chat. Yeah, well, it's a, okay, so let's say a dozen guys were just trying to get off. and then that, Yeah, that that's was so happening. bothersome to like visualize and just think of. I can't. I can't do it. I got I to gotta be in a private environment if I ever am involved with that sort I can't hop on a website where I know actively I'm sharing time jerking off with multiple It's like men. a dozen guys well, asking for okay. something. And there's too, one yeah. girl who's the target like attention grabber at the time, you know? Yeah. See, it's out of sight, out of mind. If you're looking at porn, scrolling through pictures, like maybe there's like a one percent chance some guy in the Philippines or somewhere overseas is looking at this exact picture at this exact time or this video. But when you're on livejasmine.com and you see the names and you see the chats going, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's kind of requiem for a dreamy. <laughs> well, it, and you don't, you don't have to go looking for it, right? Cause like one of those websites, whenever you go, like the first video you click on the live Jasmine page comes up, right? Yep. And it's already on a room and you can start. So, you know, sometimes you're bored. You go, oh, I wonder sure. what this is like, you know? And, and usually the first few minutes is just a girl, you know, trying to drum up business, right? And so and there'll yeah. be some guys at telling her how great she looks or, hey, show us this or that. <laughs> and sometimes they're very good and gracious about all that stuff. But there'll be, I don't know, five, seven minutes of chat. And I've always found some <laughs> of this very amusing, to be quite honest with you. Just like, you know, That's she must like, you'll see a line and you'll go, God, she's probably already seen that like a hundred times today. Times. It's yeah. just so disgusting. And then what if these are the conversations that aliens are like transcribing right. and reading? <laughs> yeah. All the chat conversations we have in our primitive tits. sexual encounters with random strangers online. 
Yeah. You ever seen a monkey at a zoo whenever they're bored? What they do most of the time? They fling shit I told and jerk you, off. Go look at the chimp and the frog. The video's out there. Uh, <laughs> He's doing very bad things to the frog. Yeah. So you think aliens think that we're... Thanks for the spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, uh, see, we, we, we're so well, it's, overconfident. You, you can never unsee it, but you need to see it. Man, I hate to jump right into aliens, but why not? Maybe that's why we have these fears of... Uh, being probed by them and sexually experimented on is because we're kind of triggered for it. That's what you, what do you mean though? You think well, that's the first know, thing that our mind goes to? Yeah. I've had those co- talks with you guys here about sexual depravity and like how I feel it's kind of, uh, just overwhelming and everywhere you look these days, uh, these days in 2021 for the most part. But maybe that's why we're primed. It's like the same argument I make with Morgan when, uh, I ask him, um, why do you think, aliens are bad and that they're <laughs> set on invading and he's like they just star man I, I know it and i'm like maybe you're primed for that uh because of because of stuff that you've just human taken in or human but again yeah attaching humans to like what aliens would do is interesting so maybe that's where the stories of probing comes is because if you think it and if you fear it it's it's going to be your experience of it i think this world's a peachy petri dish i mm. think that to call it a zoo like i said is flattering it if aliens wanted us dead we would have been wiped off the planet a long time ago yeah. you know i mean it, again logic or if would we had it. a resource that was so needed yeah i agree with you we yeah but again we're one tiny planet amongst trillions if that if we could even ever quantify that so the idea that they would like Independence Day and all those other most alien yeah. invasion movies are they want some kind of resource here or they just hate us for no fucking reason or we have to kick their ass. And yeah, we, it'd be we, clean and quick. If, it, if absolutely, it would case. be clean and quick. It wouldn't even be something as performative as Independence Day where they take time blowing up our fucking landmarks. So then perhaps we are like uh, the grand experiment, at least of this uh, solar system or this locality in the cosmos. We might be one of many. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, if at the end of it, I get a kick out of people who find that depressing, who right. are, who are like, no, we're, we're more than that. You know, we're, I don't want to be experimented we're on spiritual beings and we are God's chosen creatures. It's like, <laughs> dude, give me a fucking break. Have you seen your fellow man? Mm. Like, we're not that far from the monkey that rapes fucking frogs like Morgan's talking about. Okay. So <laughs> do you, do you believe in the potential of getting to that point to where you are of a higher consciousness than thinking about the, uh, you know, the Neanderthalic things that small brains think about. Well, just think about how we, uh, look at animals too, right? Like one of the first things we might be interested in discovering new animals is how do they reproduce? Now you're not thinking of it in a sexual way, but you are looking at it as a, a, you know, how does this animal live? How does it survive? Preservation. Yeah. Yeah. So even from that scientific point of view you're still looking at sex in a way yeah maybe we should think about like animal consciousness instead <clears throat> that's the scary thing to think about because then if you do that sasha mm-hmm. then you have to think about the fact that what my theory is or mm-hmm. what i go back to is is if there, there is a god how does a god allow um a world to exist in which conscious animals have to tear each other apart to survive again if you've ever listened to the sound of a deer scream You'll know why I feel the way I do. Nothing is like it. You hear it in real life, it does something to you. Yeah, that's why sometimes, you know. It's a circle of life, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah, why is that allowed? But life is barbaric. I mean, it is not pretty. It's 
It's violent. If 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 <laughs> this world had an intelligent designer, um, that is one sadomasochist motherfucker. Because <laughs> I mean, again, listen to the sound of a deer scream. Listen to the sound of a small animal getting eaten by uh, a mountain lion or a tiger, or listen listen to the sound of you know a pig when it's when it's getting killed by people. People say, well, that's people. We have a choice not to do that. Fair enough. If people didn't exist, animals would still be tearing each other apart yeah. in the real world. Yeah. If we didn't exist at all, there'd be a great deal of animal suffering because of the way nature is. So again, if if God was this benevolent um, being, why does nature exist that way is my question. I don't pretend to know the answer, but I pretend to feel confident that I feel uncomfortable calling whatever God is responsible for this existence. Um, I, I would feel bad calling that God um, benevolent. If God is like, what about said, balanced? How is that? What is that? What does suffering have to do with balance? Well, you mentioned like the deer screaming, right? But yeah. that's not every sort of scenario that we encounter deer in. You encounter them, you know, they're so dashing across the highway, and then uh, boom, you, you <clears throat> run one over. But you encounter the prettiness of it, the exquisiteness. Oh, of you're absolutely right. I, I enjoy like the that. majestic nature of a deer before it gets its head torn off. You're yeah. absolutely right. But there, but there's a, <laughs> but there's a balance. Is all I'm suggesting is. Um, I mean, there there kind of has to be because if there isn't, then we enter this utopic existence that that we certainly don't want to get close to in some people's opinions, uh, because everything would be just pointless, pointless and and sure. boring, mundane, right? Think of all the Discovery Channel documentary. Th- no Shark Week. No, uh, <laughs> that would suck, right? That would be terrible. Because so it's interesting because in attaching this uh, segue to consciousness and evolving consciousness i do believe that as human beings we're kind of gifted an opportunity that the animal kingdom is not here on this planet yeah. to evolve our con- level of consciousness yeah and perhaps the ways of the world aren't necessarily um coinciding with and you can make the argument that the animal kingdom was like this since day one it probably was but it's hard to prove one way or another but we may actually be the ones generating the activity that exists in other realms of life in this world based on what we want to see i don't know because we've had carnivores and predatory creatures mm-hmm. millions of years before we ever came into fruition you dinosaurs. know the dinosaurs um you know the, yeah so it's like but I can't, they're, like, but they wouldn't be around anymore is what i'm suggesting so the predatory like Animal Kingdom stuff has has sustained, and you can say, yeah, it all stems back from dinosaurs or uh, the lineage of uh, animals and life in in the wild. Well, you may, but I mean, the cats. You, you, you it, may flip cats it, fight. Yeah, you may flip it though. Like the animal kingdoms, what's inspired or humans? Humans. Yeah. Uh, just think of how many Native American tribes. You know, the bear is sacred, right? And then. They and watch the, uh, the bear tear someone's fucking head. <clears throat> and then, you know, They're jaguars, savage. you know, in Mesoamerica. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and they take on savage like tendencies when it comes to um, the way that they handle violence or look at violence. Uh, I just as well. I, I just watched a movie that I'm not supposed to talk too much about. It has to do with because it's not released yet, but I got to see a special showing of it. Oh, fancy. A, a, yeah. And anyway, but it had to be. Elitist. Do, <laughs> you are when it comes to when it comes to. Uh, 
preview viewing anyway you you and the mad mags are elitist and that's a good thing and big i'm lucky because of her she yeah. has connections and that's how i'm able to do it but anyway, awesome but anyway I, I saw a movie that had to do with the vikings and i was always obsessed when i was a kid when it came to the vikings not just native american culture but the ancient europe and anytime i wanted to watch something interesting about the vikings i always had to depend on the history channel and it was like really low budget <laughs> costumes mm. and makeup like some made in somebody's backyard well, the latest Viking series from History Channel is oh, pretty awesome. See, now that's awesome. Andy. But this is the one. It's violent. Yeah, absolutely. Violent. But, and, but like that, the Viking life was, it's funny that you mentioned this from the movie I just saw. It's probably the most accurate depiction of Vikings I've ever seen because, I, again, I've been studying the Vikings since I was a little kid. They were visceral and just like you two just said, they did take take on what they from saw what they saw when it comes to animals and wolves they, they would bite their enemies in the necks and the throats and they would wear bones of their enemies and wear their ears i mean they would do they were they s- took great pride in strength and masculinity and violence and and they were very tribal when it came to that thing and they were absolutely inspired by animal behavior. i think i think it contributes even to deeper things that we've sort of accrued along the way um as a species um maybe even our diet because mm. we saw the animal animals eating of, each we, other yeah we saw the lion tearing something to shreds and we mimicked that activity mm. Mm. at some point we had to it's not like it's not like the first oh. humans were born and like ah let's well, kill an animal well no but they might have been like man the stomach pain is really bad yes, and they but, look over and they go I'm going to eat that. But that, you know what I'm saying? But, like, a, I, but even eating would have had to have been like a consciousness elevation because the fir- think of the first humans to walk this planet, unless they came from another planet and they just they knew, probably did. perhaps, mm-hmm. but their views of nutrition may have been different if it was from another planet. Um, the first humans to develop like the digestive system here and the way that it works today, present day, it's a conscious effort to be aware that you're hungry. It's a conscious effort to be aware that I don't think it is. We can look at yeah. primates though and I mean, see how, how are you Yeah, well, fish eat. They know they're hungry, but I don't know that I would say it's conscience. Well, they kind of do it um reflexively and sort right, of Right. So yeah, I would yeah. I would suggest that it's probably art that's how it started with us. It's instinct. Yeah. And again, we can look at primates to them and then the most primitive of them, it is reflexive. It's, it's instinctive, but you have also the more, um, advanced species of, of primates that it's social for them. They will share food. Yeah. They we mimic the shit out of that too. Yeah. It's in funny restaurants, how- <laughs> lay, layouts, public eating together and yeah. stuff like that. We kind of do the same thing. It's funny. Cause that goes back to the expression monkey see monkey do, but oh a lot of God, time in history, it it's ever. the way around. It's like, yeah. we, 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 Look at certain behavior, and it's like, or we're just both monkeys, and we're we are. we're humans. the evolved monkeys, and we're looking at the unevolved monkeys and saying, "Ha, huh, we can do things slightly better than you." Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we're much better at flinging shit. That's you know, that's. Absolutely I've been thinking true. a lot about consciousness as as of late and yeah. applying it to uh, local like Kardashev scale level bingo ding. Got it early. Yeah, on. Th- yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, because, you know, I do believe that uh, that scale is applicable. It's a law. Um, of not Well, not a law. The as above, so below thing is a law. But uh, the two interchange. So if 
you have higher civilizations out there in the cosmos, which generally we can agree on as far as intelligent life is concerned. Yeah. Otherwise, what a boring place, right, um, to be in this empty. What an awful <laughs> what waste of space. Terrible. You want to talk about terrible gods and terrible intelligent designs. If we're the only thing in all of this, yeah, that's just absolutely horrendous. It's, it's absurd. It doesn't even calculate. Well, somebody had to be the first or has to be the first. Oh, so your theory is we could be the first. We could, we could be, be the first expanding the universe sure. as we speak, and we just started here on this planet. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, knowing what we know about the Kepler planets and knowing what we know about how uh, planets are formed that mimic Earth, yeah, knowing that there's wa- that water came from other places and hit us here via asteroids and rocks, and uh, yeah, well, you just needed the chemical compound to create water. You didn't need water flying in. That's true. Why would we believe that we would be maybe the first when we already know that there's galaxies that are billions of years older than us? And theoretically, if that's the case, there could have been life there started that had millions of years ahead of us in terms of intelligence, technology, development. We have to assume that. Yeah. But if, the Goldilocks zone, though, is pretty, pretty small and narrow. In right? our galaxy, it is. It sucks. In, in the Milky Way galaxy, it, it is incredibly narrow. What's the Goldilocks zone? Goldilocks zone basically is where life is just right. Not too hot, not too cold. Mm. Life can prosper there. Distance from a star like the sun. Star, yeah. How interesting. They call it the Goldilocks. Because the thing about the the planets. And we're in it. Absolutely. We're in it. We're the embodiment. Mars is technically in the Goldilocks zone. It's so weird you guys mentioned this on a grander um, stage. And just today, as the weather was changing in our area, oh, glorious, here, yeah. yeah, we had a, a nice relief of uh, hot, humid air and um, ushering in new seasons here. I'm thinking to myself as I pull up to the um, post office, I'm like, you can't tell me that weather doesn't affect people's mental like attitude. Oh, it and does. Because today does. was yeah. such a, a relief of a day and everything was just. So much better. So then I get to thinking about what, how that applies to the bigger picture on this planet. I'm like, no wonder Canadians are so freaking nice. And, <laughs> and no wonder, I, I'm again, the Scandinavians, I believe, are very similar. I've had. What about of, Alaskans? Well, they're Americans still. Okay. Oh, so, so there's, the, okay. there's the difference. The American asshole nature <laughs> still hinders. Okay. Yes, it yeah. still applies to Alaskans. All right. But uh, no, I. The closer you are to the equator, perhaps you're more balanced. That's the that would be the Goldilocks zone, right? Uh, if we were talking different, about localized different principle, though, because of that, I mean, it's just fucking hotter there. Yeah. You know, when it comes to okay. in this context, when it comes to planets, it's where life can prosper and exist. So Venus, seventy two degrees, beautiful women everywhere, right? Sure, that would be the Goldilocks zone <laughs> on this planet. Where is that place at? Corpus Christi. <laughs> <laughs> Doubtful. No. California. Yeah, Malibu. I'll take you to Malibu. <laughs> to no, but what I was going to say is, is that like Venus, for example, the average temperature on Venus is about seven, 800 degrees. Yeah. Okay. So no life there unless it's no. evolved to be able to sustain it. Morgan thinks we can survive 130 degree uh, yes. summers so here. We're not going to have a problem. So maybe <clears throat> yeah. billion year old civilizations, you just don't see them and maybe well, they, there they could can be survive. Organisms like surviving in venus but yeah, maybe not a, a bipedal the most right. primitive right. life could be on venus we yeah. just don't know it yet uh, but complex life can't prosper and survive and evolve unless you're in that beautiful goldilocks zone like earth is in um but you know you're talking about a different goldilocks zone. you're talking about where life 
is the most beautiful and the most beautiful I'm, of I'm complex applying it to a local a, environment. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's you know what? They actually could do that because then you're thinking to yourself, okay, um, in this really ratchet where does life place, thrive? Yeah. yeah, where does life thrive? Well, and again, where where we're the in this in the human context in society, it's where an economy can prosper. Ooh, no, no. No. I think it's um reverse. I think it's where you have access to nature and you have the natural sort of environment that we thrive in yeah, that, that brings us health that brings us you know clarity of mind because you think of what the day did to you today um just the weather change and all that it, it's almost like a, a relief of mm. of sorts to to be no longer oppressed by by the heat and of course i'm going to segue to just a the tiny little article here because i read that in finland they're starting to um, create artificial gardens um, at schools, at kindergarten schools, ah, so yeah. that kids in the cities who don't have access to just um, everyday sort of outdoor activity and all that can participate <clears throat> in gardening and um, I guess just playing around with dirt. actual dirt. vegetation and dirt. Yep. And Morgan's been on record for saying playing around in the dirt as a kid probably built my immune system up. Yes. Good okay. for you, Morgan. And that's why they're down. doing it. And yeah. the research actually shows that it improves the kids' immune systems very quickly um, to expose them ex- early on yeah. in life. Yes. That's All these rural kids going hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. So, that good? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that that's something when we talk about the future of education on the show and what needs to be done. I, it seems readily accessible to the point where you can, instead of rolling out, you know, AstroTurf football stadiums left and right, you take a tiny little chunk, maybe a hundred square foot chunk of that football stadium, and you stick it in the agriculture section of the high school or earlier on the elementary yeah, school. You know, the problem <clears throat> is the American point of view, though. Like, how many American moms are so paranoid about germs that they just overclean and everything's over sanitized around their kid. Wouldn't I mean, that, wouldn't I, I know somebody personally that like doesn't let their kid play with toys in someone else's house because they don't know what's on the toy. Oh, oh. God's sakes. Damn. But wow. then that's, that's how you would sell it to them. Then Morgan, you would tell them, Hey, your kid's immune system is going to be badass. But if you actually playing let them in play the dirt in though, it's like, there's no way there's no way they're going to let their kid get dirt. That's what you have to tell them, though. You have to tell them, hey, look, this is good for your kids. You tell her system. this uh, because the research says compared well, to. They're uh, not going to give a shit about research. Why not? That's the worst type of person. Yeah. Like, well, I don't I'm, know, I'm Sasha. There's a lot of research out that says the vaccine will do a lot of good. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk. <laughs> well, we ignore that. What, the poison ivy vaccine? You can't possibly be taught questioning someone vaccine? else about knowledge and research. Yes, they're going to, if it doesn't fit their scope their frame of view they're going to disagree this is permanent research though this is like fundamental research this is like step one they have no idea what the kids did when they weren't in schools you don't know how many hours a day they were actually in school or exposed to it there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be there's a lot of nuances to it that are need to be yeah resolved about it but it, it does give a hint as to what we boys thought was true. Exposing well, it's a good idea sure. whether yeah. whether it's healthy or not. It's probably a good idea. And in the long run, probably is healthy. So it's a bunch of daycare centers in Finland that have adopted these uh, created gardens that they've uh, installed at these daycares for three, four, five, and six-year-olds. And they've just compared the T-cell activity and the immune markers in these kids' blood after 28 days. So it is a short period of time. 
and it's a significant markup according to uh, the research. So compared to other city kids who play in standard urban daycares with yards of pavement, tile, and gravel, three, four, five, and six-year-olds at these greened-up daycare centers in Finland showed increased T-cells and other important immune markers. So the, in the, the other thing is, is, what if a certain parent was more likely to take their kid to that school and it's a parent who enjoys the outdoors so they take their kids hiking all the time hmm. and maybe it's overdoing it, it it's no maybe the fact that these green spaces scored was because they attracted parents who are already outdoorsy uh i mean that's 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 why i'm saying there's possible, a lot to sure. this study that needs to be done yeah. before we go I don't know. This makes sense. I don't, yeah. I don't, but, but what if, I mean, we're talking about a daycare. If you're, you're somebody who probably, if your kid's in daycare, then you're probably somebody who works all the time. Well, also, they noticed the increase after the gardens. So had they been those kids right, that were, were out and about, the increase wouldn't have been neg negligible, I guess. Um, probably not. Yeah. Right, because it, well, I mean, if you take your kid out every weekend, then how could they see a tangible difference? Uh, see a, a an even higher increase just as you rolled already, out a well, garden. How do we know it wasn't school? already happening before they got into school? What do you mean? Be, they weren't exposed to nature. Like I mean, when, I like summer, for example, in this area is not like it's six months long. It's like two months yeah, long. Yeah, a couple months. So it could be a more. I mean, the uh, study's twenty eight days. It could be easier to uh, in increase their uh, right. levels is what you're suggesting. Yes. But think about the lack of green that p kids in this country are getting who live in an urban area. Yeah. So I guess, how do we know we won't involve and that'll be okay. We got to keep it going though. We have to do these kind of, why are the Norwegian countries always ahead of us when it comes to this sort of thing? Because they have access to doing a lot of this stuff. There's only like 500,000 people in their country. to <laughs> And well, everybody has sort of the same mindset. That's why you, you do things like this. And they have the environmental access, I believe. Like if we tried to do it here in Dallas, how how would you, how you couldn't, I mean, you could artificially bring it in, but you couldn't. Um, I but I don't we, hear, the problem is I, have, I don't hear this happening barely anywhere in the U.S. Right. I did like the fact that I saw a, a news story about how in Chicago, the, the violence in these little junior high kids shot down yeah. when we started having them meditate. Literally meditate. Yeah. Um, there were There's something to that too. There is, and and so there are places every once in a while here, about here in the U.S. that I think are doing something innovative when it comes to education. But for the most part, it's always Norwegian countries. Now, Morgan, you said that it's well, it's because they're such a small country. But it's so what? They're just it's like well, you can get everybody on the same page a lot easier. Sure, but but why not have just certain states? Maybe they have a higher developed level of consciousness and comprehension. Than That's we incredibly do. frustrating because they're. Like I said, they're uh, further away from the equator, so their minds are <laughs> their minds are a little bit more crisp and clear because they get to experience just more pleasant weather in general. Maybe they just got their anger out massacring and killing everyone a thousand years ago. Perhaps. <laughs> maybe, man. Less I was about to say Norwegian countries. I just mentioned the fucking Vikings. Maybe it's yeah. less, <laughs> less pollution, less crime. Maybe all those things factor into the psyche of these people as well, and they're well, willing it, to shift towards more important uh, things than violence, reality TV, live jasmine, things of that nature. <laughs> they're missing it when it comes to that. <laughs> Perhaps. I'm going to the you, ABBA Museum next week. That'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it. Just a That's little mention there. That's yeah. fascinating. This episode, <laughs> this episode will have come out by the time I've returned uh, from my overseas Damn, trip. That's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'll 
Well, let's time travel a little bit. The Abbott Museum was awesome, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm taking. I didn't know that was a thing. There's a James Bond Museum. There's an Abba Museum. I'm gonna try to go to all of them. But uh, where and when? Where's? Oh, they're all over the place in, in uh, Scandinavia. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? Other than the Scandinavians. <laughs> Who knew they'd create an ABBA museum because that music was so Where's popular. Where's ABBA from? Oregon. I don't remember. Sweden. That's the whole point. I thought uh, I'm so I thought ABBA was from a different country. When you're a dancing queen, I always pictured um, Aussies for some reason. I'm way off. Yeah. No, I could. Off. Yeah. I could see that. I'm, I'm conflating but... them unconsciously with Olivia Newton-John and Xanadu and a bunch of other mm. shit that I wrongly also characterize as being Australian. <laughs> <laughs> for Just no fucking default. reasons yeah right. it's my default is they're either british or australian yeah. how, about, how yeah. about the bgs where are BG, they from they're clearly british are their falsetto voices aren't the bgs american are they I think so, yeah. yeah are they i believe so barry andy and maurice barry are their and, names so yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah there's no brits in those fucking, yeah <laughs> i like the bgs no they're australian ah that's oh, who it was awesome that's who it was. there you okay, go there you go i knew they were so you should have just gone with your gut. Every band that you kind of are uncertain of, that they're I know, from that Australia. I feel like it's, yeah, if they're, <laughs> if they're a good '70s band or yeah. musician, and they're not American, they're probably Australian. Oh, they're British. a hell of a '70s band, man. The Bee Gees are awesome. Bee Gees were it, man. Yeah. Again, it's like I got a friend Butters who loves death metal, but that motherfucker also loves some Bee Gees. It's unbelievable. See, it's not well. It, some of the Bee Gees songs, like uh, I, there's a which one was it? It's tragedy. Staying alive. Oh, no, tragedy. A there's song. a guy who who lives in I think it's Sweden or Norway. Uh, he's a YouTube star where he just remakes all these songs in the heavy metal version. Ah, oh, sick. Yeah. And he does tragedy by the Bee Gees, and it's so awesome as a metal no song. No shit. Yes. So you know how sometimes you uh, you get on me for uh, saying something that I don't like jive with with the new generation and you say oh you're just getting old but there's merit um, no, no. like say say if i'm approached by a 60 year old right now who says you don't know what good disco music is you weren't alive in the 70s you didn't get to live with the I, yeah that person exists sure but they're right why why would they be right because they did experience like the golden age of disco and soul and pop music in okay. the 70s okay but I guess I missed your point. Um, my point is, <laughs> well, it's okay. But um, like when I hear I'm getting old or yeah. you're. Yeah, that's because I'll hear you say stuff like that. Yeah, but, the, but, it's but that not, doesn't make it's me It's not wrong. necessarily true. No, I was going to say, Sasha, then by your. The golden age of hip hop and rap was in, in mm. when I grew up. I think the golden age of video games is when we grew up. I think the golden age of... I grew up in the golden age of video games. You guys didn't. How do you figure that? Because you got to you got to put a, a block and another block on the other side of the screen and watch a ball go back and forth? You think you lived in the golden age of video games because of that? Yeah. No, come on, Morgan. We It was the 90s. It was the late 90s, early 2000s when stories... I would say it was the early 90s when you just started getting out of the first Nintendo generation when everything was still 2D or most of it was still When you 2D. could save your game is the start of the golden age. So PlayStation 1 was the first console, I think, uh, if I'm Man, remembering that correctly, sound. where you can save your game. A memory card changed everything because I didn't have to play the game nonstop and they could start making games that were multiple hours long and you could you know play in little iterations anyways i guess my argument was um 
or, or what I was trying to say is that it's okay to state claim to and appreciate golden eras of things and not have like the generational back and forth about, oh, well, let me tell you why my time was better or why it's okay to like look objectively and say, like maybe we did have a golden age of uh, blockbuster movies and big Hollywood movies in the early 2000s. Sure. It just depends what you're talking about though. You mentioned the golden age of disco. Disco isn't around anymore and hasn't been around for years. So of course I'm not going to argue with somebody (laughs) that in the 1970s was the best year for fucking disco because it lasted about a good six years. (laughs) Like, it's not like, and again, it's at the or end just of, dance music in general. The best dance music, in my opinion, was probably the '90s during uh, the whole not at the Roxbury era, <laughs> like the Labouche era. Fuck yeah, man! That was some <laughs> fun trash. That was. The La- I have been, I've been humming, uh huh, yeah, yeah want to be my uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that that '90s Labouche era, every fucking song had the same thing. Like and it, sure. but. But it was it was unapologetic. It was fun. It was dumb. It was not meant to be taken too seriously. It's what you like. Tell that to the people who went out every Saturday dressed in leather and masks and danced to that stuff, though. They took it seriously. There were groups that took 90s. I mean, there's festivals built off of that, right? Yeah. Or at least what it's evolved into, like uh, the trance scene and all that. That 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 kind of birthed trance and birthed uh, raves. And all that sort of EDM. Stuff. Yeah, right. I have friends who go to EDM festivals. But the problem, the problem I have, are the people who think that that's the peak and that's the pinnacle of that like genre you're of music. Gonna, you're always going to have idiots who who don't know shit. There's always that meme that I know you hate memes, but there was one of the funniest oh, memes. memes. <laughs> one of the funniest memes is called "Musically Ignorant Eighth Grader," and mm. she says something like, "The Ramones. Who's that? I don't like Mexican music." Like. <laughs> <laughs> So we all know that there's young people who are dumb, but there's also young people who know uh, surprise the shit out of me. No Led Zeppelin. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah, I'm that part that drives me a little bit crazy with stuff like that, though. It's like, man, by the time you were born, that bland, that band was done. Like at a certain point, you can't go back and be an expert. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not your generation. You shouldn't, and you'll you'll be annoyed by this too. Trust me, you're on the precipice. You'll, You'll start to be annoyed by but what if an eighteen-year-old, and they want to they want to do their due diligence. I mean, power to them. They're not. They're okay, not. If gonna... you want to go back and listen to the music, fine. But mm-hmm. getting tattoos. Mm, yeah, Morgan's like, how dare you? You weren't there when it was around. Which, like, to an extent, I, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, I mean, power to them. It's better that Morgan than the kids who don't know or appreciate shit. Yeah, man, I got a Keith Sweat <sighs> tattoo on my my right hip. <laughs> God, I, I encountered that dick in a hotel one Did time. you really? No, Absolutely. Oh, really? In Atlanta, I'm assuming? No, Houston. Uh, oh. when I, I, was, I worked in Houston next to the <laughs> one of the uh, concert venues there, and that dickhead stayed at the hotel. He's an asshole? Or that sucks. Yeah, he wouldn't talk directly to you. He, he would, would talk, talk to, to the guy next nobody. to him. Nobody. He goes, <laughs> he'd be like, tell him blah, 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 oh, blah. And then that guy, guy yeah, oh, absolutely. I love. Absolutely. Did you hear the Norm? Uh, rest in peace, Norm McDonald. But yeah. did you hear his Trump story? It was funny. No, he was on the it. same uh, talk his, show. All his stories are freaking. They funny. are. Really this one was hilarious. He uh, he was on a late night talk show with Trump as president, uh, or at least during the campaign. I think maybe in 2016, they were both on the show at the same time, and uh, they knew each other from NBC days because he was on The Apprentice, and uh, Norm McDonald was kind of SNL alumni. So. Norm McDonald's are arguably more popular than Trump at one point in the like NBC hallways. Yeah. So they see each other on this talk show and Norm approaches Trump and he says, how are you doing? Nice to see you again. 
and Trump acts as if he doesn't know him at, at all. He's like, oh, you, you're a really funny guy. I'm, I'll take a picture with you in a second. And then Trump just turns away and walks to the <laughs> elevator. <laughs> Fuck that, and, of course, with Norm's delivery, he made it a lot better than I did. But it was just funny to see that, like, he did that. And, yeah, that's something I would put on Trump is, like, even if he knew you and he had dinners with you. Well, he did it with Jeffrey Epstein, right? Yeah, like, he knew him. Yeah. And he kind of turned the other eye. When, like, uh, see that doing with Epstein. Don't do it to Norm MacDonald. That yeah, guy right? That guy. Fucking 13-year-olds that I know of, you <laughs> piece of shit. But, like, that doesn't, yeah, like you're saying, yeah. it doesn't surprise us at all. He sweat surprises me, though. I would uh, jerk. Hmm. You're not the first actually we heard to say that. I just love the fact that Morgan met Keith Sweat. <laughs> You've heard other people say Keith yeah, Sweat was an asshole. I, I have a friend of mine who's that was a DJ and he awesome said that. Awesome hotel too, because like where the front desk was, like behind it were like three tennis courts that were indoor. Oh nice. So you'd get tennis in and is this the place you played pool at? No, but oh, there were pool tables that were right in that same area too. That was it was an awesome. You know, place. hers are actually really cool. We would expect her to be the ultimate fucking diva, and she's like really sweet and funny. Mm-hmm. She'll go to like hang out at taco stand. They don't. She doesn't give a shit in Houston. Is Beyonce? Huh. I've heard multiple people say stories about she doesn't give a shit. She's a Houston girl, so Damn. she'll hang out, go to the the like the fucking little thrift shops and taco stands and hang out. With people. She'll go to the you know, beauty salons. Like people in Houston know her, and then she's cool as shit. And you would expect her, of all people, to be the biggest fucking asshole, but she's not. I think it, it, consistently every story I've heard about people who run into Beyonce, I mean, she's cool, cool. She's, she's really cool. I think meeting people, meeting celebrities, and running across them in Houston just happens to everyone. I've met two. I only had. I've been to Houston one time in my life. It was a diverted flight from Dallas for bad weather, and I only stayed there for four hours. And I sit in a hotel. And I meet like one of my favorite rappers at the time, and we had a, it was Silk the Shocker uh, from No Limit Records, <laughs> oh, no from the No Limit Records days, yeah. And I got him to sign a couple of things. I was like a 15 year old kid, so that's cool. Uh, as shit. Yeah, it was see, awesome. he wasn't a douchebag. No, he was cool because he was like 25, and I knew all of his songs and was a big No Limit fan, so he appreciated it. Our Post Malone's pretty cool too. The people he looks cool. He's a local yeah. product, right? Yeah, he's he went great to in Texas. Yeah. Keith Sweat is 60. How can you be an asshole at 60? You'd be an asshole oh. at 6 or 70. That was 25 years ago. I think. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Was yeah, that was, this, that was his prime. Yeah. So back to that conversation about like things in their prime and golden ages. The reason I'm I'm not even upset with the new generation very much. It It's just like, what are they staking claim to going through right now that's going to be looked as a golden age? Internet activity, social media. Social media is probably in the But how can you age? even say that? Well, that, the social media started with us, like the if millennials. This is the golden age of social media. What kind of fucking trouble are we in? Because this is a crap maybe storm. We're, was it, maybe we're seeing the peak of the shitstorm and things will get better once more people start getting off of social media. I mean, it is a toxic shit. Oh, the man. best decision I've ever made in my life, I told you, was getting yeah. off of every form of social media. God, I want to be there with you, man. I really do. When you say that, I I get the uh, feeling that I'm not doing something right about when it comes to social you media. You have a lucrative and you have a... a um, but I could, I could stop that. I could do no promo of this podcast and just see how it grows organically. I can do no promo for my music and be content with it. I, I, but I wouldn't do that either, though. You're sort of forced to play the game. Yeah, right. but yeah, it's never do. benefited me, at least to my knowledge, to my awareness. Maybe we've gained some level of listeners because of 
you like inevitably free have. promotion on Twitter or or Facebook, but I've never shelved out a dime. I can't tell you. Yeah, inevitably, you're right. There's people or strangers that have probably heard this program or heard songs. Found that you I've, on social I've, media. Exactly. Yeah. But if that goes away, does something else like get the show to them some way? There's other ways form? you can like do through it. Spotify itself. Do you guys? Is, do you consider it's a forum? But you can you don't really consider Reddit social media, do you? Yes, I do. Yeah. Is Reddit? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Not, so in it's, <laughs> not in the Not in the I look on. Media. I look on Reddit Steelbook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's it. I consider Morgan's on social media. I consider Live Jasmine chat room social media. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could be. <laughs> I've got a Twitter account. I can't remember the last time I logged Only fans it. is definitely social media. Uh, is it? Yeah. Well, it's just that's just inter- that's just like um. It's a digital peep show, though. I don't know if it's social because you don't really do any interacting with other people on. I don't think on OnlyFans. You don't do any interacting with people on social media. You literally pay for just nudies, and so I don't think that's social media. I think that's just a hustle. Do you actually interact with people on Facebook and Twitter, though? Uh, Definitionally, definitionally speaking. What do you mean, like right now? Literally, yeah, right now. No, I don't have any. No, no, not you. Um, Does anyone? actually oh, is interact it, is it yeah philosophical a question. version of yourself yeah is there only like 10 people that are really online and the rest of them are bots spicy spicy question that is an interesting question because what is are they what all is, algorithm what driven? is interacting if you're yeah. bullshitting is or it if, real if you're not being transparent if you're not being honest Genuine. if you're just trolling if you're saying something you would never say um offline yeah absolutely yeah it's not real interacting 80 i feel like 80 percent of the time people who what they portray themselves as on social media is bullshit. It's funny because like, you know, in the two thousands, a trope that we saw a lot on CSI and all these other fucking fictional shows is making fun of people who are doing second life, mm-hmm. whether it was world of Warcraft or the Sims, whatever second life blew up in the two thousands. Okay. And a lot of shows talked about it. And the trope there was, we need to make fun of these people because they're losers. Cause they're doing second life. Those same people who felt those people were losers all over social media in the 2010s oh, yeah. playing caricatures of themselves. There's literally a spot here in Dallas where you can go rent that looks like the inside of a private plane. So you can go in there and sit down and take selfies oh, to yeah. make your fucking idiot followers yeah, you've mentioned, in a private plane. Yeah, we saw that. In, Whoever uh, came up with that business idea, genius. I should have done it. <laughs> like it and it's still, it's still right now, even during COVID, it's still in Dallas. You can go do it. Well, we're coming up on... I want to say like the one year anniversary of our two part social dilemma conversation that we had. We oh, talked yeah, for like yeah. six hours on the social dilemma and we chopped it up into two episodes. That was a ridiculous <laughs> Incredible. Um, time period. But now there's news coming out uh, more and more in detail. The New York Times even ran like a probe of the Facebook algorithm um, and the details of what was going down from 2016, 2017, 2018. Um, behind closed doors at Facebook. And a lot of people are becoming a little more outspoken that used to work for Facebook. And yeah, yeah, it was as bad as we thought it was, as bad as the social dilemma thought it was. Yep. But it went beyond that. They had had algorithms and tiny little details that I hadn't even thought would be on the radar for – like them wanting to apply. They had these things called downstream. Um, uh, it was a downstream algorithm that, and this makes so much sense now because I don't know if you were on Facebook two years ago. Um, or yeah, two year, years ago okay. I was, yeah. I started noticing that a lot of my close friends, 
I almost felt like they quit Facebook uh, because I would never see updates from them anymore. Yeah. They were still there and they still are there. Facebook put out of all your friends list, put people that matched the things you didn't like and the things that would generate animosity or negativity. Uh. So you would actually see news from your friends that weren't really your friends, but maybe like an acquaintance you bumped across a, a year or two or a coworker who you'd overheard that. saying some stuff and you didn't agree with it. I saw my old boss, who's heavy Republican, heavy Trumper. Um, I saw him just all over my Facebook feed the last oh, year shit. and a half, two years. And one of my other friends who I've hung out with just maybe 40 or 50 times in the course of my life, who very close friends with, has all these things going for him. He's a self-made uh, like personal cook, personal chef, travels the world. I, I thought he disappeared off the face of the earth because I didn't see anything in Facebook. That's because I would actually have to type in his name and look at his feed um, <laughs> to see what was going yeah, on. Yeah, look for that motherfucker. Facebook was shitting out all the shit right in my face, even on a local level. But I, I think I remember when you sent me the article, uh, it was the I the idea behind those algorithms that were doing that they were doing or implementing that were so toxic was they wanted to push on to people things that would make them angry. They wanted to polarize yeah. people. Well, that's everything. because people reacted to it, right? Yeah. And they interact, became you... engaged, so that's what it started feeding on. Yeah. But how did they not see or give a shit about the fact that you were creating such a toxic platform which originally would turn people off like it did me? And it wasn't just that. Say that. Ask that again. Well, I was saying, how did they not foresee that they'd be creating inevitably a toxic platform that would turn some people off? But I guess the the they catch didn't care. is they didn't care because it was it was still bringing in more people to engage. I guess absolutely yeah. people because like me were collateral damage. were walking away. Absolutely, they didn't give a shit. because yeah. we know the science behind people being more attuned to responding to negative things uh, versus positive things, yeah. based on all the research we've done on news articles and stories in general, and watching the nightly news. There's money in outrage culture. Yeah, yeah we've known for for years and decades that grandma watches the nightly news because she somewhere deep down inside likes to hear all the negative shit and talk about it with family immigrants members. doing hard carjackings <laughs> and it's yeah. it's true in many regards um what's the true crime i think that gets a lot of people but that's negativity the, is, one, of my, one of our favorite movies nightcrawler was about that of how them basically even the local media was always interested in like the bloodiest stories absolutely if there is a carjacking in freaking Inglewood, no one gives a shit. But if there is a person of color who basically broke into a rich white neighborhood and fucking killed people, yeah. that's got to be the first story at 10 because that's going to scare the shit out of our viewers, make them angry, and they're going to turn in tomorrow to watch more. The scariest thing in reading these uh, New York Times exposés, and uh, I forget what it was called. It was called like the Facebook Files or something like that. Um, and it's like a four-part series, and if you don't want to read them, you they're all audio books, but this or audio uh, accessible. The scariest thing in hearing all this was that website, Facebook's like the granddaddy of them all when it comes to online social media networks. So they influenced all of the small um, people and all the small fish in uh, the online ranks. Places like BuzzFeed, places like Barstool God, Sports, places Barstool. like 
Uh, I sent you guys pictures of the ridiculous shit that I get in when I go to Google um, from like inverse.com. That's like, you need to watch this controversial political thriller on Netflix now. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And why is this the way I talk into microphones and into cell phones? Maybe. And it's starting to incorporate my language. But um, now places like BuzzFeed were mimicking Facebook and they were um, – the surveys and the sort of things that got people's attention were like lists of 20 things white women do or 20 things. Very polarizing shit. That yeah, would, yeah. That would generate comment I, mills. I, I said that. I said that there was a, a circle of life for grifters on the internet and BuzzFeed was a part of that. What they would fucking oh, yeah. do is that they would make these videos that were incredibly polarizing. They would make videos about five uh, five questions feminists have for men and they were the most asinine questions like saying shit like why do you do this when you know it and then some right winger would get on youtube sometimes a left winger would respond saying this is such a fucking stupid question why are you asking this but what they would do is they would link the video that they're complaining about in there too which helped buzzfeed with their hits yeah. and then buzzfeed would make a response video linking the other guy's uh, video so it was you get a full picture of the drama that exists. exactly because even though they people they, love it on ostensibly performatively they pretended to hate each other when it comes to their messages but they were really helping each other out yeah. because as long as buzzfeed was pushing out polarizing videos that pretended to be left you had people on right-leaning YouTube that would make fun of them and shit all over them and get their own views. Yeah. But they would then go – other people would then go to BuzzFeed's videos, watch, and complain. Does this sound familiar, Miguel? You've cracked how the entire United States political system and infrastructure uh, yeah. works. Basically, we're talking about uh, – All we do is mimic – All we do is mimic negativity as a species is what it seems. Because it's lucrative to do so. And because we've been trained to say that like lucrivity financially is what you should seek out in life. So go buy go buy it any means possible and do it this way. It's like sailboat sailboat theory almost. <laughs> like everybody's copying what the leaders are doing when it comes to power, influence, and financial wealth. And wow. they're just doing it in their respective fields and it turns out this toxic overall environment that, that goes back to what i think i've talked to you about off mic before is that our real leaders are the most wealthiest in the country even if we don't know it those are our real leaders mm. those are the ones that buy influence and that we don't know um yeah but isn't that a superficial like look at leadership it's super you on one on one hand you can say eh, it's superficial because we shouldn't strive to be those people just because they're rich but on the other hand let's not bullshit when it comes to their influence the i mean the real that's why i say the real leaders of this country i'm not talking about but it might be a distorted look at what leadership really is well, or I'm, even I'm, uh, I'm influence not, i'm not talking about people that we should be looking up to i'm not even talking about people that we know about i'm talking about the real people in control oh. of this country this but, is where we get into like the 1% Absolutely, and I mean it's, you're a one percenter. No, are you? You're, you are globally. You're in the median. Well, yeah, it's a terrible argument to bring up, but we we all are at this table. Like when globally, it comes to yeah, yeah, globally, we're in the one percent of wealth. Motherfucker, I was about to say I'm me global that like not in the U.S. I am yeah. far from the one. But but think about the influence that we, we have on uh, on people. We would be doing this podcast from a yacht, Sasha, if we were the U.S. one percent. Oh, I know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's no, clarify that right the, now, guys. But the influence that middle-class America... <laughs> All right. You did, I, right? I'll take note of that. Absolutely. 
All I got to do is get a yacht and uh, uh, we'll do it daily. Let's do it. Can it be like uh, uh, one we'll of just those... buy our own radio satellite radio station yeah. or something and yeah. just why? in the middle of there's no reason to record. We just go live whenever we feel like going live off the coast of Cyprus where the <laughs> women are Mediterranean <laughs> and the diet is as well. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be right. in heaven with your damn euro man. i would be absolutely <laughs> but oh don't get me started on the Medita- mediterranean got any diet fajitas I've, around here fajitas yeah <laughs> god <funny>. fajitas <laughs> um yeah, stupid America. no y- you're right ain't this mexico but the <laughs> level of influence that we have as a class Oh jeez, don't I won't I won't get too serious here. Even though that was a serious conversation. Sorry, keep going. We go from the cabal and the one percent of wealth to uh, to the stupidity of of, of yachts of and Americans going abroad. Nothing wrong with that. No, I could see it. I could see us three on a yacht with our feet up because of the conversations that we've put heart and effort into for the last two years. Three, right? We're rounding up. <laughs> Yeah, you you're definitely. I like right. to round up. Start we, of year three means three years. We haven't even completed two. We started yeah. in November of 2019, and I'm like, ah, we've been at it for three years, but we've really been at it for like a decade. True. True. Miguel well, just happened. Miguel was having. Area. Miguel was having conversations with with his friends at ten years ago, wishing that secretly, like we were there. And he he was having problem with yeah. us. In retrospective, actually, do think that so you should be very. We've clear. all well, we've all probably been there. We've had conversations <laughs> like, man, I wish this person would would get it and understand kind of where I'm coming from. I still have those on Wednesday nights sometimes when you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'm kidding. I'm just taking a couple. Okay. Hey, you've taken some jabs at what? me over the last couple That's weeks. My job, pretty Is much. It? Yeah. Just take jabs. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's fair job. Man. Jab thrower here. Going back to what you're saying, but you, you, we Morgan, are. do you, do you believe there is an oligarchy really in control of this country? There is a and 1%. Percent. Financially? I don't know. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps power. Not. I don't, I don't know. You don't think so? I, I, it does feel like there is a system in which presidents are selected. And so mm-hmm. if, if you think about it from that standpoint to where there's a system in place, uh, to where, um, the choices that you get for president are kind of predetermined be based on that sort of influence, then sure. I, I would say that, but I, I don't, I don't know that they have necessarily full, full control. How do you feel about that? What if you're, what if well, okay. free will is being not, imposed upon when it comes to, well, uh, that's a different story though. Okay. Uh, Cause there is no such thing as free will. Mm. What is your definition of free will? First of all, because I'm I, I wanted to debate you on this because I first we disagree. You. We disagree adamantly. Yeah, there's no on such this thing. one. What is your definition of free will? You think because of fate, free will is bullshit? Well, um, just b- basic human need makes free will non-existent. But I, I have I have the free will to go and take a shit on Sasha's lawn. lawn. I have the free will to go rob a bank. I have a free will to kill myself. I have a free will to kill someone else. I, I every decision. The realm I of make, possibilities yeah. that exist, you have the option to make the decision to. But you don't because it's a bodily function that makes you want to take a shit. <laughs> and you can say it's free will that it, that I, I'm deciding where to take the shit. Yeah. Okay, if you want. Yeah. But the taking the shit, you had no control over. Sure, but where to take the shit is still my will. Where, he also where? has the free will to try to eat a diet that reduces the amount of but shits that he takes. You gotta shit. You gotta eat. <laughs> well, that remains to be seen. And if you want a relationship I'm, I'm with any other 
person, yeah. you definitely do not have free will. You're, it sounds like <laughs> your 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 definition of free will is, is God. Morgan's definition of free will. Correct me if I'm wrong. Morgan seems to be God mode, in which you don't have your. your it seems like your definition of free will is I can do whatever I want, inevitably. Like free will would mean I can fly. Mm. And I don't think that's 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 practical to me. That's not what free will is. Like, I'm, first of all, I enjoy shitting. <laughs> oh, I know. I got the text. Say, I'm gonna be running late. Got to take another one. Sorry, that's all right. I was taking one simultaneously. <laughs> Talk about synchronicities. But like, yeah, I mean, so I th- it feels like Morgan, your definition of free will is if free will really existed, we could do whatever we wanted. I don't know if that's free will to me. My free will is. I have a choice to do what I want within my confines, uh, confines as a human being. I can't fly. I can't run as fast as a cheetah. Right, but your choices are 100% based on your environment, surroundings, and interactions with other things. Well, that's not true. Like, you don't control all that. But you can that fly. That's absolutely if true. If you want to fly, Morgan, well, that, well, you can fly that's in going, your dreams. You can fly in your mind. <laughs> You have the free will to detach from the limitations in the physical world and go wherever you want in your mind. Dreams are free will? No. But you had to go to sleep. It's a human bodily need that puts you in the state in which you could possibly do that. And you don't have control over it. You can't go to sleep going, I'm going to dream about flying tonight. And you dream Mm, about flying. We don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. We do know that. Your that doesn't happen. Well, don't dreams, let me control dream, my dreams. Dreams are spurned, up. in my opinion. G- dreams are spurred from the subconscious, and I think the subconscious is influenced vehemently by real-world interactions. So then if you submit yourself to, um, let's see, a uh, sensory deprivation tank for a day where all you're listening to is uh, R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly, <laughs> then I guarantee you, you might have a dream either about R. Kelly, which would be kind of frightening, or you might have a dream about flying that night. Um, this isn't... I'm, haven't I'm, you had dreams that were direct, like, runoffs from your day? Not really. Really? I've had several dreams that are, like, hardcore entrenched in what's going on in my life, but they're in, like, a variable sort of, you know, dream-like set of circumstances. You've never had, like, dreams that are symbolic of current events in your real world not really no fascinating uh, i mean I, i'm sure i have over the years yeah we only uh, recall, but, uh, but like, i mean the, such just, a small percent of our yeah dreams. and the, the stuff that i recall is odd and off the wall and 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 you i start thinking how did that get into my mind yeah right like how not so it wasn't it's not like a continuation of my day or something that i was working on well it could be subconsciously attached you don't know what's going on in your subconscious if anything it's sometimes i fall asleep listening to the tv and the tv's on and if anything uh, it's something i'm hearing while i'm sleeping on the tv that might be influencing my dreams my wife will tell you I should not sleep with the X Files on as I'm sleeping. Well, well no, that sounds like something you should do. <laughs> I know, right? like I just awesome don't get dreams. much sleep. I don't think. Right. You I shouldn't. Hello, Dana Scully. You go, Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's the here's what's interesting. When you go to dictionary.com, the first definition is sounds free close. will. Yeah, the first mm-hmm. definition sounds like what Morgan's talking about: the power of acting without the constraint of necessity or fate. Secondary. Here's closer to what I believe. The ability to act at one's own discretion. So that just sounds like choice. Britannica says this, free will in humans, the power or capacity to choose among alternatives 
or to act in certain situations independently of natural, social, or divine restraints. Now that's my definition. Do it. So that sounds close to like do with do with what you want with what you have. Yeah, my which is not free will. Well, my definition of free will. I mean, will, I guess I do it that way, but it's a prominent future. I, I, we'd have to go. Maybe the, I'll spend some time looking at some studies, but there's scientific studies on free will that disprove free will. Yeah, but how the hell do they? How the hell do you do that tangibly on a scientific well, study? Because free will is an illusion, right? It's an illusion that we have that we have this, but we really don't. I, that, that's why I'd have to go back it up. Hmm. I'd have to go check out some of the experiments, which I'm sure are controversial in and of itself. Why don't we? It's why so can't subjective. we? But why can't we define, redefine free will, and then create a, a reality well, that you, sort of matches will, that definition? Free will is well, then that's because that's, that's what it is right now. Well, that's an illusion. What you're doing, what you're saying is, let's create an illusion. But that's because you've given in to the illusion that was created <laughs> a ways back about what it is. Like it's an illusion right now. At Changing this point the in definition time. from in what a, it was uh, in a thousand years, years ago, absolutely, it, it, free it will is still changing the illusion. So, if the caveman's like um, thinking about what free will is, yeah, or even no five hundred years, five hundred years ago, if uh, Shakespeare and the British monarchs are having a conversation about what free will is, and all the philosophical minds, and somebody says, "You know, I think free will is being able to communicate with anyone instantly in this world," and then the Morgan at the table says, "Ha ha ha ha." It's impossible to communicate with anyone on a spur of a moment because it's just an illusion and you're living in this world of fantasy. But then they work towards creating a reality built around the concept and the idea and the choice that someone had to exert their freedom of thought at that moment, which I think is directly linked to free will. And then reality sort of over the long haul through technology and through where do you think like thoughts come from that's your free will is just the it's not it's an illusion your your mind <laughs> creates illusions all the time or it creates thoughts and ideas that no, are meant to it's 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 an it's it protects itself it, it feeds itself it does not consider your individual how little much of thing this, to be free will how much of this is is coming from a subjective perspective of free will. It really is, because I've always thought of free will as choice. Same here. Choice is choice, not free will. More Again, Morgan's definition of free will is like, I feel like God mode. You know, mm -hmm. if, if someone had absolute free will, in Morgan's opinion, he'd be able to fly, he'd be able to, you know, uh, have you ever had not an shit. Have you ever had an epiphany, Morgan? Have, oh. uh, have you ever just had, no, have you ever had a moment of clarity in your life? Sure you have. Where a thought that you didn't will, that you didn't have an understanding of where it came from. But again, actions I took, people I interacted with, all created that moment. I didn't just snap my fingers the and choices, it happened. No, the choices no, that so you made along the way created You're never going to convince me so we can stop trying to convince me here. I'm not, but I don't, I'm trying to understand your definition of free will. Because I think it's an important one to look at. Free will biblically is is closer to choice. I think that me and you, ironically, the atheist in the room, me and you have a closer um, opinion of what free will is that's closer to the biblical nature of the word. Yeah. Because when I was reading online, the biblical nature or the definition of free will is much closer to what we're talking about, which is your choice in terms of what you do with your life and your actions with the world that is given to you. Sure. Um, so I, I, that's or the world I, you understand. The world you understand, yeah. And so it's funny because our Because the free, you're right. Our, our definitions are similar. 
And they're, they're closer to, ironically, something biblical because mm-hmm. that's what the Bible basically says. But this is why I believe in things like different levels of consciousness and different levels of life experience having mm-hmm. a, a significant weight on your idea of what these concepts mean. Absolutely. And that's why like Morgan's is an intri- it's an intriguing perspective of, of what free will is, but so is mine, so is yours. And if you ask someone who's lived in a cage or has been imprisoned right. for 20 years, define to me what free will is. You're going to get a very subjective interpretation of it. Right. And so that's why it's important to hash out like the reasoning for why he's so vehement about his definition, why I'm so vehement about mine, why you believe yours to be accurate, because the subjective interpretations of these come from places, you're right about that, that are based on our choices, our life, our circumstances, the people, all of that, the the things that have happened. And so that's why I think that it it tears all the way up and free will expands, freedom expands based on the experiences that we're granted to experience as time passes on. Because to go back to my example of, you know, folks four or 500 years ago, if some lunatic mentioned the thought of being able to communicate with people instantly, he would have been laughed out of the room. But 500 years later, it's commonplace. So the things that we laugh about now are going to be commonplace. It's an inevitability. That's technology, not free will. But what spurs that? Te- that's why I asked you where your thoughts came from. Like, have you had an epiphany? Because all of the technology that we have at our disposal now, guess what? They were all epiphanic moments in people's thoughts and people's concepts. And when uh, going back no, to Nicholas, the situations that they were part of, and the whether it be education, mom and dad, friends they interacted with, that's what created the decisions. So the you're going to tell me Einstein didn't have nights where it dawned on him that he was going to change the world based on no, the ideas had, that he had. No. Or that Tesla and the work he was doing was going to be the foundation for stuff that was going to change the world technologically. If it wouldn't have been him, it would have been someone else. And again, it's all the stuff Tesla what if it wouldn't went, have been someone it's else. It's all the stuff Tesla went through that led him to that point. He didn't just independently make it happen. He didn't just free will it into existence. Tesla made choices that made him so important and innovative. He could have just been like, he could have drank himself to death at 20. He could have shot himself. He could have hung himself. He could have. Then another person would have come along and done the same thing. But it's still, it's still, isn't that addictive? The Morgan is that with his talent, Tesla chose to be the man he became. He might have. I don't think he had a choice. But then, okay. I don't think any of us have a choice in the people that we end up being. So then where, so then where did the choices come from? Your environment, the, your parents. Huh. You don't. Ha- you didn't have a choice to be born, did you? No, but I had a choice to not to be a, a much of an asshole. As as, as <laughs> like I had. A, I had. A, I, a, not really, because you had to be around your mom and your dad and whoever you were growing up with. If you were around an asshole during that time, you would be an asshole. Uh, I don't know. My kid does the exact opposite <laughs> of what I I do all the time. So she kind of has has absorbed the sense that I'm not going to do what daddy does. You know what's funny, Morgan? Is that careful? Because with your thesis right now, you're basically suggesting that um, you're taking away personal responsibility as well with your argument. The right wing leaning, well, you got to pick you up by your pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah, personal responsibility is the most important thing in the world. If what you're saying is true, 
then personal responsibility doesn't mean a fucking thing because everyone's the eventuality of their environment. Not necessarily. They can't help that he's a murderer. This guy can't help the fact that he's a lazy piece of shit because he's a product of his environment. I think this comes down to awareness levels and conscious uh, conscious levels. Well, and I think I think when you look at murderers or serial killers, you see there's a definite pattern to think. Uh, he's he's uh, BTK. Ra- okay, he's that right and he's right and he's wrong. <laughs> because this ties into that. this t- this ties into <laughs> our bigger conversations about self-awareness, about self-actualization, about consciousness in general. And that we do uh, lambast the majority of the people in this country, and we say, yeah. yeah, I mean, they are steered in a certain direction. Okay, so I'll agree with you. I, perhaps free will is an illusion to a large chunk of folks, and that's everyone. Uh, no one's exempt. But there are people that are expanding the concept of what free will means. Both historically and in the present moment. They have created an illusion in which makes them believe that that is happening and other people see it and then buy into the illusion as well. Then it's no longer an illusion. It's a reality. That's what reality is. Well, then define reality, Tim. How is reality established? Well, we kind of talk about a reality as isn't everybody's reality different? No, but how is the reality? reality? How is one plus one established? Mathematics isn't a reality. How is it established? What do you mean? The, the reality of what mathematics and certainties are um, in our estimation of them. How are they established? How is Trial one plus error. one equals two established as a fundamental reality of this world? It's consensus. No. No? It w- the first guy who said these numbers mean something and – um, if you, well, if first, you take the, one, the out, first guy doing it, first of all, had no idea what the fucking number was. He just knew I have one finger, two finger, mm-hmm. and he probably wasn't even using one, two. Right. But, but he convinced people of the illusion eventually because they could see it. Okay. It was their reality, but that doesn't, that doesn't make it not an illusion. <laughs> it doesn't. Why do we call a chair a chair? Right. No, we th- could call it an elephant. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I mean, you've, but it doesn't make it real. I agree, but we've had the free will to establish. We've had no free will. We've been presented with opportunities through our environments, and we have made choices that have brought us to this destination. It's not necessarily, it's not free will. It sounds like, again, your your definition of free will is absolute freedom to decide your own destiny or to decide what, what you are. Um, but again, I mean, you have a choice to... When you leave here, go to a strip club, go to the casino, or go home. Is that? I mean, I, I, are you then, Morgan, saying, no, 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 that that that's 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 really an illusion because I'm tired, <laughs> <laughs> and so my ass is gonna go home. Therefore, I don't have you know real free will. Well, right, because well, I mean, a lot of the scientific experiments are basically saying that before you've made the decision, mm-hmm. your brain has already made it for you. And you're not truly making the decision. How is consciously? But it's my, it's my brain. It's yeah. my. Well, okay. Direct recordings from the cortex have shown that activity in just 256 neurons is sufficient to predict with 80% accuracy a person's decision to move 700 milliseconds before they become aware of it. That, so what this saying is, you're not. You haven't made that conscious Isn't choice. That it's automatically system? happening. That's the nerves. Okay, system. but if it's automatically happening and pushing you in a direction, you have not made a choice. That's why I asked you again to it's go back. It's my brain. It's my. Yeah, I asked choice. you where where your thoughts you come not. from. They don't come from your from your nerve system. 
they don't come from the cortex in your brain? No. That, that's, I mean, if you want to get down to it, we're, just, we're electricity as much as we are water. But what does that mean? We're not jellyfish, though. The thing is, though, is that we jelly, we don't know which animals. Aren't we? we? Well, I mean, we're, we're self-conscious. There's a lot of animals who are not conscious of self. I think that goes a long way. You have animals that are like the jellyfish that are that just, just might pure be instinct. Activity in a certain part of a brain, but it doesn't mean you have free will. I mean, genetically, you're different. I have. I guess I have real trouble absorbing, even remotely, the idea of my choices that I'm making are not really mine. Because if that's the case, then who's the fuck are they? You know, have you seen Star Wars, right? It, or there is <laughs> isn't there a Star Trek episode on this where you know there's some sort of galactic warfare going on, and your choices are just uh, being puppeteered by good guys and bad guys up there. Yeah, which is perverse. Um, and what you're saying, well, I, you're making me feel like a right-wing libertarian because what you're basically saying is is that, you know, we really can't count on people to to have to grow the fuck up and take some personal responsibility because, you know, th- their choices are not their own. Therefore, well, it's not their fault. That's, fuck that's, that. That is part of my reasoning behind that, like, knowing you can't control the mob and as much as you want to educate people, it's not going to matter. There's still going to be idiots who don't want to wear a mask when there's a pandemic. It, none of this stuff really matters because they're going to make these stupid choices, whether because they have the free will them or not. Though. They, huh? Cause they have the free will. No, they have no free will. Then why they're wouldn't we be able to control them? Well, no one said you can't manipulate people. I mean, social media has been doing it all already for yeah. the last 15 years. So why not? Manipulation is not free will. It's actually tragic. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Manipulation is almost evil. Positive manipulation, I think, is something that... Unseen. Well, it's, it's underrated. And I think Same that... It's, mm-hmm. it's, I, I think any form of manipulation is probably negative. Because that's the paradox, then. Because is it really positive for manipulating somebody? But what if right. you're what if you're pushing them? It's not the word. Maybe manipulative is so negative. It's such a toxic connotation. But what if you're pushing them to make a right decision? Is that then toxic or bad? Because if a motherfucker is not willing to wear a mask, well, if that's not selfish. You're trying to get somebody to do something that's helping others. You for could instance, be broadening their horizons. What if they just don't know what a good decision even is in the scenario? Because based on their life experience, their people that they've encountered. Say you run across a Chicago kid, for example, like how do you get him, the kid who's attracted to violence, who's known just a life of violence? Do you just leave him alone and say, I can't change him? No, absolutely. Uh, what if you interject and you present an alternative to like a, a violent well, upbringing? The, the problem is, though, right, for it to have impact, he has to make a choice. And so some way, somehow, you've got to manipulate his situation. To where he makes a choice that's better in your opinion. Now, well, you're not I don't, necessarily manipulating it if you're sharing intel or information that, that you just is, have access to. Well, that's manipulation. You don't think there's such thing as positive influence, though, too, though. It's like if, I'm, <laughs> if I see but a But isn't kid, that manipulation? But we're so okay with that's, the negative influence that we got to give the positive influence I, a chance. I, think, I don't know. I think a ton of people are all about the positive. You, you can call it manipulation. I'm going to tell a kid not to smoke crack. Like, <laughs> you might have the opinion, well, that's manipulating him. No, fuck that. I'm telling him not to light a rock. What like, tells you uh, What tells you that we're so into positive influence uh, when you look outside? 
Like, what what is it about the world right now that says, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are into positive influence? Because I'll tell you how well, they do. Because how many people like crap? Just think about all the likes that occur. That's positive. You mean online? Online, in person, doesn't necessarily happen in person to person contact, but inside companies, there's tons of positivity that go on. It doesn't. Okay, let's reel back just one notch and like let me any, suggest any place that, that has a sales force there's a ton of rah 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 right going positive on. reinforcement yeah. yeah so let me go back one notch the positive influence that i think i'm talking about and that miguel might be alluding to here has a certain attribute to it at least in my opinion i think it has to be genuine and it has to be honest so the positive stuff that you see in the sales force rah rahs and all that that's really manipulation at the end of the day because some people don't give a shit about the actual product they're okay. representing. They're just doing it for a living. So yeah, that, and, that and would be manipulation. I can be convinced. I've worked at places where I didn't really believe in the product that I was selling, but the people that hired me to pay me an amount of money on a weekly basis said, hey, guess what? You kind of got to play the part and make it seem like you at least support the stuff in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, you can't work here. Obviously, that makes sense in the economic landscape, but on a conscious level, it doesn't make sense. If you remove the strings of the job and, and the aspects of employer versus employee, and you just look at the core of what was going on, somebody was manipulating me to tell me to try to convince me to believe in something that I didn't believe in. That's not positive influence. That's what you just described to me. Was the Salesforce rah rah? Give me is, an example of positive. real positivity out here. Real positive stuff. Uh, give me an example of oh, camaraderie. Pretty, pretty positive stuff. Any charity, there's a billion of them. <laughs> I don't think we should get started on charities because 90% of them are just uh, milking people for money and not doing much with it. <laughs> I'm the negative one. Yeah, man, that's even more <laughs> negative than Morgan. Is Tra it? Tragically. Breast Cancer Awareness right. Month every every year for the last 45 years, and we're still plugging Fighting away breast cancer, billions. And yeah. how do we need trillions? How much money do we need for cancer research? I think it's scary to think about the number of charities that we put such trust we built and respect infrastructures. into. We built infrastructure around, around that. We have to look They're not going to just go away. Yeah. I tell my mom this all the time. I'm like, mom, you're you're working on trying to find things and cure things that if they go away, what do you do for a living? Once you've found they these move on, they to, move the on to the thing. next thing. Yeah. She'd have to just Jerry she'd have to just relearn because she's kind of No, the the it'll be never ending in her business as to the things you move on to to, okay. to in the medical her. industry, yeah. But well, these yeah. charities what do they do? <laughs> They move on. There's always going to be some kids living if around. If breast cancer is no longer around, what is the what is? I, I think they yeah. look forward to that day. Then again, they move on to the next thing. What what what's the next problem we can I think, tackle? I think most people, though, most people, not everyone, are smart enough to know between the difference between genuine positive reinforcement, like telling kids, "Hey." Um, I want you to do good in life so you'll be happier in life. And like your fucking boss or my bosses do, hey, you work this overtime, you're amazing, you know, here's a gold star for you. They're doing it for lucrative reasons. I sure. think most people understand that difference between genuine positive reinforcement that comes from a, a benevolent a place. place. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> manipulation, 
you know, giving somebody a gold star because you want them to work overtime. Well, the new business model is we're is talking about people's home lives and supporting people when they're going through stuff. And I've been out of the workforce for three years. Interesting to hear that. It is one hundred percent crazy right now at my company. It's they offer psychiatrists after one of our employees three years ago had killed himself. They they offered an on-site psychiatrist and therapist. Um. And some of it is for reasons that we can criticize, like, oh, they're just worried about their rep. Uh, yeah. But, being sued but, or... but, yeah. But another part of it is, you know, we don't want to um, be looked at. We don't want to be glass doored as I hate working at this place. Yeah. So yeah, that's at the end true. of the day, you can still say it's for lucrative reasons for them, but at least they're actually taking the incentive to look at the situation and be like, maybe we shouldn't come across as a bunch of cunts, you know, cold. At the idea of our employees literally killing themselves and us coming across as completely apathetic towards it. Sure. You know, so yes, they have a lucrative incentive to. Then not- is it genuine? Most of it, it's not. Most of it's lucrative. But some of it is. Some of it is, man, I don't want to be the CEO when this shit is going on. If you looked at it that way, I'm going to feel like shit. There are bosses that I, I work for that they are doing it because they care and because they're like, I don't want to feel bad. Yeah. I, I don't want to feel guilty when I have an employer to off themselves. And then sure. I'm going to think whenever I'm old, man, I really didn't do a fucking thing to help other people. You could say that's selfish because he's worried about his own guilt. But that's still better than somebody who's just doing it because of financial reasons. Sure. You know, so guilt isn't a bad thing. I don't know, have we had this debate before? No. Yeah. I, I, talked, I talked to some of my other friends a few weeks ago. Is interesting debate. Is guilt a bad thing? I, do, I think guilt can be a very sobering thing. Um, I think if you, if you let it resonate for years and years and years and turning it into a toxic piece of shit. Oh, yeah. No. Well, but, then that's you not letting go of guilt. Yeah, but I think that it can be incredibly sobering and healthy. It's, there's a reason why we have guilt, why it's actually part of, of our human psyche. Mm-hmm. It's something that's the eventuality of natural selection and our evolution. The ability as people to, to make better decisions. Feel remorseful. Yeah, remorse is uh, an important absolutely important part of our evolution as a species yes it's like empathy does it does it reach a point where um it can go away based on the choices that you make could you live like a guilt-free life if you live like a tibetan monk no because this goes back to the whole living off the grid uh, i mentioned this to morgan <laughs> a couple cutting yourself off from the rest of the no i meant i mentioned this to morgan a couple weeks ago i said i don't think you need to do what we suggested and like move to the forest and ditch your cell phone to really live off the grid. You can kind of do it smack dab in the middle of the grid. If you really wanted to Just cut yourself off, Yeah, cut yourself off from what everybody else is doing. And to, to bring it back to the, the guilt mm. to bring it back to the guilt sort of like, all you got to do is look at all the shitty decisions that people make around you. We're given, <laughs> We're given reflections of poor decisions left and right on a daily basis. Yeah. You absorb all that information, all that data, and you say, oh, okay. Well, I've seen what this results in over here. I've seen what this results in if this happens. Just look at my life. I mean, in the last, <laughs> in the last year or two, um, there's plenty of things that I know for a fact I've thought about this. I'm like, what sort of information has my brother gathered, for example, who's recently married? And he's seen his older brother go through what I've gone through in his first marriage. Yeah. And his like his naivete towards the uh, towards getting into it and thinking that it was all hunky dory might have been inverted and changed a little bit by seeing his bigger brother well, going through it and 
dissecting the things that he wants to not do. Yeah. Well, better, more observant minds are able to actually do that. They're able to be observant and sensitive to the bad decisions that other people have, have made around them and say, I'm not going to do that That's shit. positive influence. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that, that, to me, is something interesting because you're seeing bad choices and sad consequences be turned into something positive. It's a learning experience for others. However, tragically, most people don't have that ability to be observant and end up making the same fucking poor decisions others do. That's why kids nope. are fourth generation alcoholics. I completely understand that element of it. Um, to harken back to the root of this conversation, the positive influence and genuine things like getting through and piercing through, mm -hmm. there's this quote that stuck with me for many years. It's the greatest form of giving is anonymous to anonymous, mm -hmm. which means yeah. like you, you give and you don't really care or you don't really get anything, not even not necessarily just that, yeah. but just not even knowing who is affected by your giving has some sort of tangible effect that goes beyond your understanding because it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And so that's where I think the, the truest form of positive influence resides in. It's with people who don't necessarily care to influence, but do it by the life that they live and by this, by the choices that they make that they don't know are having an impact and they're not seeking out an impact. They're not seeking out a response of an impact. I'm, I'm guilty of this. This is one of my guilts is that I am interested in knowing <clears throat> after the fact about something like uh, my brother's situation, like the, the, the last year of what I've gone through as a relationship, has it affected him in some way, shape, or form? I'll never ask him, but I am consciously interested in it. So then at that point, I begin to observe um, behavior uh, when it comes to like things. It's inevitably then satisfying for you to see someone make a better decision. A positive, a positive better decision. Based, yeah. And, and it, it feels good that it has to feel good that you know that they made that smarter decision Perhaps based on what based they've learned on from observing you. me. And there's nothing wrong with you finding happiness in that. Like if That's why people tell others that they care about, look, I've been in your shoes. Mm -hmm. Don't do this shit. <laughs> yeah. You look to the older people for that often. Uh, <laughs> I tell people and they just don't listen. <laughs> so fuck y'all. Yeah, I try to listen to the older people because they have context that I realize I don't. They've done dumb shit, smart things. They've they've done it all, and so I I, I do. I've always been that way. I've I'm, I've always listened to the older folks. And I try, but sometimes it just doesn't connect. It just does not connect with the strangely the reality that is my illusion that I have to live through right at. <laughs> so it just doesn't connect because your reality is subjective morgan as is mine there are there are elements of our subjective realities that we're not going to agree with at that exact moment in time because you haven't seen some elements of my reality i haven't seen some elements of your reality but that's what the yeah but if we're talking about a mutual experience i don't have to but our mutual experiences are subjective when it comes to free will. I've done things that you uh, that you haven't done. You've done things that I haven't done. I don't have a concept of what 
free will as it pertains to um, some elements of your occupation are. I can't even rationalize them um, or, or think about like the the choices that you have to make throughout a day. They don't match up with the choices I have to make. So it's it's different. Our, our experience of free will is different from person to person to person. All I'm suggesting is that it does work hierarchically, and that doesn't need to be a negative uh, like uh, visual of it saying, oh, there's people yeah. who... I think we can all reach a conscious, positive, expansive level of experiencing free dim or the idea of what free choice making is if we begin to detach ourselves from the illusions that we think we're relegated to now. Because those are the real confines, like you suggested, of our free will. And what determines our free will is our environments. Again, any choice that you make, you didn't make. So if you would choose to ascend, a a choice to detach from society is a choice that somebody else made for me. You are not a t- detached from society. But how can you say that? Because you don't know. Do you go to a grocery store? You're part of society. Do you live in a city? You're part of society. Do you own a car? You're part of society. So if somebody, are you on the internet? You're part of society. If someone, You can sit there and say, I'm not part of society, but you are. And you're contributing every day by buying and selling product. You are part of society, bro. But that's your definition of what being a part of society is. What other definition is there? Going along with the stagnation and the monotony of society you is something I do not. to it by selling Contributing movies. to it is different than being a part of it. How can you contribute but not be a part? Because your contribution, in effect, makes you a part of it. My question it's, is, it's conscious versus versus not. I'm. My question is then, Morgan, if somebody decides to actually truly live off the grid, if they go build a fucking log cabin and fuck with no one, was was it not their decision to do so? No, life's choices put them in a put them in that place to to d- make that decision. It but, was probably the only decision they had at that. At that point in time of their life. Yeah, but they, but they could have gone and just become an, uh, a, a shooter somewhere. They could have ended their lives. They could like The person who decided to live off the grid and just be a monk in the middle of nowhere, you might say, oh, society made him do that. I mean, he, he could have done so many other things, though. There's so many other choices he could have made. But the, the whole point is he didn't. He made that exact choice. Right, so why wasn't it so, his choice? Well, perhaps born into it. Born into a family that's lived off grid for all their lives, of course that kid is going to live off grid. That's if not his choice. I got it. What I got to do, what I got to do, is go go literally spend a year as a monk. More <laughs> doesn't want to, conf- you know, doesn't want to have a nine to five job, or you know, yeah. but and wants to grow vegetables. He doesn't have a choice. He has to go live off the grid. But you see, that's interesting. Uh, okay, I I hate to make this uh, a personal. Um, display of how I've gone about this and how I feel my choices have been independent of this. But what I've done is through this observation of the environments around me and what I genuinely do not agree with, which is a choice of mine. I have the choice to agree with certain things and disagree with certain things. I don't know that those choices come from lineage or history or family or environment because if they do, then certainly my family, my environments and all that have not made it aware that they share the same choices and decisions that I've, in my opinion, independently made. 
So my idea for how I want to live my life right here, right now is I have certain aspects of society that I do not um, necessarily disagree with being a part of, but I'm very quickly detached from the chain of one event leading to another, leading to another, leading to another, a system of influence that I have observed affects people unconsciously just by saying, ah, well, I don't have the freedom to do anything else. I've detached from that, which is strangely your idea of reality. I've detached from it. So I don't subscribe to your idea of reality, which is why we disagree on free will so vehemently, because it's just not there in my life. I can't prove that to you. That's reality why is not there. That makes your sense reality. For you. Your reality is not there. That's all it, I'm saying. It is. You just don't see it. You're blind to it. You've your mind is making you think this way. But that's my reality. Okay. Where your <laughs> mind is generating your own understanding of your experience. I thought that was everybody's reality. It's your reality, certainly. It's doing it right now. It's generating your understanding of what reality is. You also seem to have different uh, ideas of what reality is. I, I think that you, we do. You might be also, Morgan, like... Reality like, exists whether I'm on this planet or not. That's... You don't know Tra- that to be Traffic true. runs, electricity... Go, he doesn't exists. know that. He doesn't know that, though. He's You're, never died. You, I see <laughs> other people die and everything still keeps going. But to them, it doesn't. Your your definition of reality, Sasha, is basically... Is, is <laughs> consciousness being observed. Your definition of a reality is, is so close to Eastern religion. Because it's interesting. It, it really is. <laughs> no, it is. You're, you're flattering. Your idea of reality is. Well, you are reading a book about Eastern religion, are you not? No, right now? it's just blurbs. It's oh. memes. It's, memes. it's, it's essentially memes from Eastern philosophies. Oh, and Eastern. interesting. Anyway, go ahead. But 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 what's interesting? His. <laughs> I've been reading this for two weeks. I'm pretty sure you can harken back to conversations prior to that where well, I'm, I'm sure echoing. This is not the first time you've read stuff like this. Sorry. But it really, no, but it is. Your your idea of reality is very close to the Eastern view, which is basically reality is our consciousness observing the world around us. Your definition yeah. of reality is what is factually true. For the longest time, I've empathized with your version of reality, Morgan, because it, it's reality is facts. What it, they are, what they are. But that's contingent. Or not. That's contingent upon your absorption consciously of the world around you yeah again, and i'm not calling morgan an idiot look <laughs> i'm not calling him a, a layman or a simp at all he's not which is why this is befuddling to me that he it's alien to you it is because his core understanding of reality his his deep down mechanisms are somewhat in basic mode but consciously he's so much like he can have the conversations about all this, certainly his mind has wandered. Certainly his mind has contemplated these things, but yet he's entrenched. He's committed to, <laughs> to the the level one Karjev scale. Well, I mean, to be fair, without Morgan, thinking the two is attainable. He he his uh view of reality in Morgan's defense is, I mean, basically Consensus. very very similar very similar to what. Physics, physicists would tell you one plus one is two. doesn't matter if you're dead or alive. That's the fucking reality. Sure. 
Um, here is the quantum equation for so-and-so. This is what's observably true. We've done it time and time again. Whether you understand it or not, or whether you're fucking dead or alive, this is what reality is. To the most of the scientific community, that is what reality is. Reality is what is factually true, whether you want to believe it or not, or whether you understand it or not. Your idea of reality has so much more to do with existentialism and observation of the mind. Which is some an area that science doesn't really delve into tr- just left some, and right. Some are trying to, mm-hmm. but... Um, it's been up to the philosophers, historically speaking, the Freuds, the... The Jung's, the because mathematical scientists, the poets, didn't have the artists, time for existentialism. Well, they, they may not have been to go with Morgan's understanding of reality. They may have just had different roles to play, and that they did. And perhaps the idea of what consciousness means comes from a different realm of beings on this planet, consciously. Meaning, like maybe the understanding of reality on a conscious level is never going to come from scientists. Because they're entrenched in a they're they're cemented in a reality that doesn't allow what you for just that. what you just mentioned. So there you is, go. I agree with you, Morgan. Scientists <laughs> don't have free will to expand and understand the realms of consciousness because it may not it, it may not be their jurisdiction. So perhaps that works in that sense. But anyways, no, but that. <laughs> That's the breaking point. That is what's going to put humanity on another level. When you have observational science that can actually attain tangible information about consciousness that we haven't before, that is the next level. Then they need to start uh, studying artists. They need to start studying uh, people's interpretations of art. They need to start neurologically looking at what's going on when someone has an idea. Well, they're, they're thought they've they've been doing that yeah, to an they, extent when it comes. But to, they equate it to a world that is strictly based on neurons, uh, electrical circuits. That's circuits. science. I know, <laughs> but that reality is going to only create an understanding <sighs> that is still tied to. That's still tied to that. It's not gonna. It's not gonna explode and expand on a on a separate track what you're talking about is also inevitably uh, has to do so much more with spiritualism too um and it's really <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that i don't think there's anything wrong with it either i think that's an important part of the human condition i think that there's a lot of scientists that i i, I will tell you that i have great respect for a couple that i know who don't care about spiritualism some do some don't and i i think that we're, we're going to be entering inevitably a phase in which the scientific community is going to be more okay with equate how do I say this taking into account aspects of spiritualism that they didn't before but the problem is is that there's there's a stigma there there's there's some woo woo yeah shit. because of what we're entrenched in because of the stereotypes that we have garnered along the way because of the cuckoo stuff because cock, the, okay, then blame them. They cock it up. Yeah, but I, <laughs> they really do. Because I can start having. But we got to let go of those. The we talk about it all the time. Like moving on from the the negative aspects of certain realms and certain uh, infrastructures, and just moving on and building it in the positive direction. Like yeah, science that, has to let go of the the cuckoo. 
astrology, like extreme. Astro- I gotta let go of this stuff. I can't. I can't let <laughs> go of yourself. the fact. I can't let go of the fact that people have been so swindled by astrology and to the point where. Have I mean, you heard I'm not of the Barnum? Disagree with you. Do you know what the Barnum effect is? I, I recently have learned about what the Barnum effect is. It, it explains everything uh, regarding astrology to me. So, oh wait, we the tendency to accept certain information yeah, is true, such as a, no, we talked about uh, cognitive bias and other stuff like well, that. Well, it sits in the same realm. The Barnum effect is the tendency to accept certain information is true, such as character assessments or horoscopes, even when the information is so vague as to be worthless. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not just that. It's the honestly, it's the psychological evaluations or the test that uh, people administer during um, like hiring processes and stuff like that. It's the stuff you go through at school. Yeah. It's all it's 90 percent of the social media crap that you see. It says uh, pick your favorite superhero movie and we'll tell you your favorite color. It's all this trash yeah. that is creating this muddled, confused reality because people buy into it and say, ah, yes, um, I do have sovereignty over my life. And this little algorithm does know what my favorite color is based off. People buy into these things. You know what Miguel. the scary scenario is, Sasha, is that what's bullshit is subjective too. Because there are those who will live by people who I think are rational individuals that I am stunned <laughs> take astrology into account as if it was the most factually true thing. Absolutely. And they, there, may they be some mer- there may be some merit to it at, at that- the core. There, obviously, there, we know there's something going on with the moon phases and the moon's effect on uh, us when it comes to yeah, we've talked about uh, that. the water. That, see, that, that's fine. Well, you're talking yeah. about that, that, that science. You're talking but that's about tangible. You can exactly. measure it. You can, you yeah. can, you, we're talking about something that's scientific. Try to convince it. Try to convince a 27 year old that you can't. Um, compare like her her menstrual cycle to some fucking thing going on in Mercury retrograde, and they'll have the same <laughs> they'll have the same argument. They'll have some weird concocted melange of shit that they've heard online. Is what there- if that stuff turns out to be true? Because you're talking about stars that have gravity that line and and when they align in certain places, gravity and yeah, that's change. Different. But that's different. Like, Perhaps there you is just, something to the horoscope. You need it to be true because then our idea of free will goes away because we're all at the mercy of uh, yeah. the planets <laughs> and what they're doing up there. Here's hey, look, here's my horoscope. Uh oh. You might be thrown off balance by the flightiness of today. Yeah. What the nice. fuck Flighting. does that even mean? Is that a real word? <laughs> of course. Flightiness. Perhaps it's difficult to make a decision about anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so broad. You look, don't believe in try free not will. To get caught it's up gonna in be. A, Gossip be difficult. swarming around me. Wow, I didn't realize gossip was swarming around me. Yeah, that's bullshit. People may talk quite a bit today. <laughs> well, it's Wednesday. That's, yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's a difference between finding scientific data that shows that human beings, because of our biology, are inevitably manipulated by our environment, which includes things like magnetism and electricity. Yeah. That's fine. That's something that's scientific. Vortexes. Vortexes. Okay, that's yeah. fine. We're talking about energies and electricity. Light that's fine. Lights. There's a difference between that, which is scientifically observable, and shit like what Morgan just fucking read. Yes. Which is, hey, Capricorn. Hope, hopefulness. That, uh, or, no, it's not even hopefulness. It's almost like, uh, God, I don't it's know. Bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's a happy bullshit. Button. It's it a is. happy button, it's but it's not genuine. 
it's back to that it's whole genuine for that person. But it's not. They know it. They don't know. They it. know it. They just want to be part of a club. They want to be part of their own secret society. They want to be part of their own cult. It's perhaps being part of a cult is human nature. You like to say perhaps it's human nature at a lot of the arguments we have on the show. Perhaps being part of a group. And well, being that part, is human nature. Yeah. And, and so the isolation and the individual like separation that people have felt over the course of the last uh, 10, 20, 30 years has just forced them to cling to something, even if it's outlandish. Well, originally it's always been religion. And right. I think it's funny. I get a kick out of the people who I'm having a conversation with that I get together. Very intelligent people. And they're with me when it comes to the illogical nature of organized religion. But then another five minutes in the conversation, oh, let me tell you what my astrology said today. And I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, you, you, you seem like one of the more intelligent people that I've spoken to in a while. You talk about the illogical nature of religion. And yet this is your religion. Right. Which is. Crazy. I mean, what you just read, Morgan, that could be me. Well, yeah. Can somebody read Capricorn? Let me pull up Capricorn. See what it says. And it, it could be oh, you. Well, well, I mean, according to the way things were, all I, my ex-wife is a Capricorn, Miguel, so all I got to do is look at my day with her. And then <laughs> you I tell can, me. This was a terrific was a, day for you. It was all right. <laughs> so make the most of every moment. That's what Capricorn said? Uh-huh. You can accomplish a tremendous amount as you juggle, juggle a dozen different things at once. Others will be inspired by your miraculous feats. I have not been inspired by you today, by the way. No, oh, thanks. You are a superstar. Boy, that's pumping them up. That's positivity right there, Sasha. Embrace it. This is heavy. They're landing on thick for Capricorn. While you okay. hold everyone in thrall, take the opportunity to send your love and generosity outward. It will be cherished. Okay. What the fuck did, what did, what did any of that mean? I'm always I juggling things at once. Like, what's yours? No, I'm not reading mine, but I am gonna, <laughs> I am I am going to read something that totally reverses everything I just said about horoscopes. Okay. But I read this a week ago and okay, shameful admission. I read this just to see. Just to see. Uh this is one of those um one sign with another sign love compatibility oh, things. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, so I read it with my previous um my wife and I are not compatible. No, I didn't read it about my ex-wife. I read it about afterwards, just to see. Now, you see, this is how dangerous it can get, Morgan, if you commit to something like this. This is where confirmation bias comes in. Secretive Scorpio doesn't give anything away, especially their interest level. Keep in mind that this is a Pisces-Scorpio compatibility, an ocean of love. A love match between Scorpio and Pisces can quickly go AWOL. No, it can get very intense. The Pisces is floundering with low self-esteem and is susceptible to control. Am uh, right so far? Okay. I'm not the Pisces in this uh, story, by the way. Obviously not. The Scorpio sees Pisces as easy prey and becomes a kind of... No. You're, you're definitely a predator. <laughs> Scorpio in love is intense, hot and cold, and sometimes obsessive. Mm. Pisces in love is impressionable, escapist, and sometimes a martyr. <laughs> Once involved, Pisces and Scorpio never truly let go, reappearing in dreams for years to come and establishing sometimes telepathic communication. So you see, this is where it could get dangerous, Miguel. It's because, I don't know. I don't know. Our synchronicities have been more impressive than that. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Like, whether we're texting while shitting or thinking of them, I thought of a movie the other day you were literally buying at the store. Right, but that's only because I can't have contact with the um, other part of this equation. So I don't know. What I'm saying is that synchronicities can happen. And you know what? Maybe there might be something to them happening with people you share energy interest with and you are close to as friends. Absolutely. But this, what you're talking about, no, it's that weird. could be so many people too, though. Sasha. I know. That could be... Oh, I know. I, I and I read the Barnum effect immediately after, and I'm like, yeah. don't let yourself be convinced by this. But the, see, that's the weird thing about how. What if that horoscope, or that compatibility thing, what if it's a synchronicity? No, it's a hustle. There's a difference. It's fair. Do you think that like, it's like it's like girls who read your freaking Twilight and are like. Oh my God! What's a deeper the universe is speaking to me because I know I'm Bella. No, yeah. you were meant to feel like you're fucking Bella, girl. Come on. Philosophical question here, though, because I agree with you wholeheartedly on all of these things, especially if I was going into the reading um, while in the midst. Yeah. But I I step back and I don't look for confirmation as I go through experiences. I experience first. Then I step back, and then I allow. I've told Morgan this. He hates it when I say. One, well, no, he doesn't hate it when I say. I allow the universe to show me whether I was right or wrong in my quiet assumptions. Why does what you're saying negate the Barnum effect? Because literally, that's still in play if you're reading a horoscope, no matter what time of the time. Because what? I'm doing it in retrospect. But it's still the Barnum effect will still come into play. I something had happened to me a few years ago. Yeah. And then I can read something uh, in my Isn't horoscope. Isn't that just confirmation? Well, it's confirmation bias. Even if bias. it's coming from a shitty source. It's confirmation bias. The bottom effect is still in place. Because if something happened to me a few years ago and I read my horoscope and I could uh, place well, that. Well, then you're negating intuition and to some degree. No. Because there's a difference between intuition when it comes to me out there observing life uh-huh. and a horoscope now, which is meant. What if the horoscope industry, Miguel? I, I kind of agree, but but let's dig deeper. What if it's a smart hustle? What it if is. it's what if it's figured out how to tap into human intuition? That's exactly what it does, and that's what it's for. That's what the Barnum effect is explaining: is that it's that they're set up in a way in which even on an unconscious level, you're picking up something there that you think relates to you. But I didn't know the Barnum effect. I knew what cognitive bias was. I just didn't know what the Barnum effect was tit for tat up until like two or three weeks ago. I just heard it. Right. Doesn't matter. though. But my experience of a situation without knowing the definition of it was. Isn't it somewhat removed from the concept that exists if I don't know about it? Um, let me re-explain. Um, I'm trying to think of an analogy here. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, so I go through something. I go through a life experience, yeah. and I deduce what I'm experiencing live and in the moment. And then two or three weeks later, I read about the fact that there's something out there that's a. This is the problem I have with logical fallacies: is they negate intuition. They negate the natural experience in many rights of the experiencer you it sounds like you have a fear of negating or ignoring intuition when it comes into play which is understandable and you have a fear of feeling like you're gonna miss out i haven't no i have a fear that there's a, a it's not a fear i have a problem 
with the fact that there is an erosion at the natural experience of or the way something is phrased or said. Like there are logical fallacies and there are effects for almost everything that you can experience. So doesn't uh, isn't it like what are we left with? We're left with the reality that of of what uh, it's like what you see is what you but is is there not a difference though between um the synchronicities and the universe speaking to you when you're out there and about in the natural world? Is there not a difference between that and a fucking horoscope, which is words Absol- meant to, absolutely. Yeah. But let me kick it up a notch. When I read a book that's 500, 600 years old, yeah. and I read experiences back then that are relegated to that time period, but link up with past experiences that I've had on a core level of just emotion or um, feeling or even characters that are involved and storylines that are involved, there's an effect or there's some sort of there, there's something that a scientist or a neurologist has come up with saying that uh, you're you're thinking that because of this, but then I'm left with no merit for the actual like tangible fact, in my opinion. I mean, that it just, it just depends because it's like I mean, if you might be reading a book that's 500 years old, inevitably, if you read enough old books, you're going to find something you can relate to because of the human condition. Right, but it's not a it's not an inevitability. It's not like I'm submerging myself in books, which I kind of am, but I'm doing it, I'm doing it randomly just to see, um, like I pick a book off the ship. I'm trying to test my free will and, and almost, <laughs> almost go into a random thrift shops, walk, you've been there with yeah, me. Yeah, I've seen you do I it. see a book, uh, I pick it out. It's sometimes based on the color of the spine. Uh, sometimes it's based on the angle of which it's protruding from the, the shelf. It's not because I read the back. It's not because I read the front. Sometimes it is because I'm interested in certain things, but sometimes yeah. I'll just pick a random book. I'll add it to my death pile of books that I don't get around to reading <laughs> and or just read a couple of pages just to see if there's something that I jive with, but it's not jiving with like in a hopeful way it's jiving with in an experience way like is yeah. this is there something in this book that i have you can related yeah. in actual like experience with how often does it happen when you're picking up an old book and you don't relate to anything in there how often does that happen that's the weird part so this is where there's an effect i'm sure for this zero percent of the time you can always always does anything also maybe that has to do with the fact that you're also just a very empathetic person. The fact that you can relate to so, so many narratives and the human condition itself. I think if you're that's an a good question because I don't know uh, how empathetic I am. I don't know that he's very em- empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> you're certainly no. I I I, mean, I know who's, a different I know way, who's, Morgan. Because I, I know who's more apathetic, Morgan. What well, apathetic? I know who well, that is. I said I don't know how empathetic I am because I don't think we can gauge. Um, non-biasly how we are in certain areas like i don't know how selfish i am um you've told me yourself like my wife tells me i'm selfish all the time but i'll tell you that i probably am but that's based on what she tells you probably oh i'm definitely selfish i don't like sharing anything morgan's i admire the fact you're very very forward with your um but he's never taste. been selfish in any regard in our friendship, so no. I would never call him selfish. No, Isn't that generally weird? with other people, 
I try to put their needs ahead of mine. Then how as can you be selfish? As a society, though, I think Morgan's saying he is. He doesn't want to fuck with bullshit at all. <laughs> he has zero tolerance for bullshit. Well, I'm selfish with like personal possessions and things like that. Maybe even um, material cert- selfishness isn't isn't anything to like. It it doesn't. It's not the same. Um, what else is there? I mean, selfish or, with your time. I'm, I'm selfish in having strong opinions about things that affect me. Selfish with your love. I don't think he's selfish with his love necessarily or his compassion. Maybe not. No. Or his generosity. He's just selfish with material items. Yeah. It's okay to be selfish with material items. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't disagree. But that doesn't make him selfish. That's a problem. We, we've, also missed, a, we've missed it's to define these fucking words so poorly. Not really. I mean, there are people who are genuinely selfish bastards who wouldn't help a fucking, they wouldn't help their mother. Absolutely. We know those people. And we were all in our 30s and 40s. We we've always have known someone like that who's cartoonishly a selfish bastard. I'm glad none of us are that way. I think most of us are pretty empathetic. And I, I joke about Morgan being apathetic because when it comes to fucking people and they're a bunch of fucking morons. Yeah. Which I can, I can empathize with your apathy, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I can often empathize with your apathy. I don't want to get too, I do want to get too deep and too philosophical here. But I think at the end of the day, and I felt this for a very long time, but I can't prove it. And I can't, scientifically, I don't have the chops to try to even get started. I wouldn't know where to start. Maybe I should talk to my mom about it. But I do, I do, <laughs> He's you won't agree though. with her. So, uh, uh, well, she, I don't know if she'd be able to answer this one. I don't know that, I don't know that anybody in the current, landscape okay i won't say that um i have felt a distortion with time with the present versus my experience of time and i think it's contingent upon consciousness i think other people experience it i don't think i'm alone in this but i do think that the reality that's been postulated to us and presented to us uh as being a reality that we have to experience in real time I agree with Morgan here is an illusion. Uh, It is an illusion. But if you're conscious of this, that, and you're removed from it consciously, you're no longer on that track of time that everybody else is on. You're no longer on that, their clock. You're no longer on the clock that the majority of folks are on and you do become detached. And then it comes down to wherewithal. It comes down to stamina. It comes down to, um, a lot of intangibles on whether or not you can sustain that. And if you can, you do, you you kind of establish a latency with certain conditions of which a lot of folks are subjected to. And that's why, that's why that's strangely Miguel, where I think synchronicities come into play is when you experience them, even in little bits, it's sort of a, an, it's a, a hint, uh, breadcrumbs to to words what true free will and pure reality may be hinting towards. Then when you experience them more fervently and more consistently, it's kind of time travely. No, I get what you're saying, but again, what you're what you're it, pre- it presents the connection that so many people have strived towards saying like um we're all united in some way, shape, or form. Or I'm not going that far right now and saying that. What it presents is that the material world, 
the unconscious world, the conscious world, they're all, they are all interlocked and they can speak to one another and we can be aware of it via these experiences that we have. And there are very few people that are willing to endeavor into scoping that out. That's a, a lifetime of, of exploration. You know, you, what you're talking sure. about is, you know, the confines and the possibilities of consciousness and our observation of who we are in the outside world devoid of time. Mm -hmm. uh, again, this is very Eastern. So you need to pick <laughs> up some Buddhist books and I um, don't tell me that they'll just, They'll just present. They themselves. probably will. I just, yeah, um, they will inevitably because I think that that's where your um, your it's because your mind is where it is right now. You inevitably will attract those things and Good. they will show up. Um, but no, that's not such I, a it, bad it makes, thing, right? No, it's not at all. What I'm, so people want to manifest new boyfriends and girlfriends with, in their life all the time. Yeah, I that want to work. I want to. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I got a homegirl with a fucking a voodoo, a love voodoo doll. It's not oh, working God. out for her. So, yeah. I, I hope it's not working out for whoever the doll is either because voodoo can get kind of kind of weird sometimes. That's creepy. Sure. But I'm surprised you don't uh, – I, I invite you sometime. Maybe I should ask this off, Mike. I invite New you Orleans? sometime to join me in some very, very light psychedelics before the next year or two is over um, because I have a, a college professor – friend you mean does. microdosing that's my yeah, idea of light yeah, that, yeah yeah it is microdosing he microdoses this guy's a phd and he has he's starting to write about his experience microdosing with his wife mm -hmm. this is a very intelligent person well off who him and his wife uh they've studied eastern religion for years and now they come back to the u.s they've decided to um just microdose psychedelics and they're escalating how much they're taking sure. and they said it's some of the most interesting important experiences of their entire lives um, but when they're off of when they're done with that, do they incorporate their experiences into yes. their reality? Yes, because okay. they say that they learn to look at a situation in a way that they were not capable of looking at before mm -hmm. because of where their mind was taken before that situation. Okay, um, and that's a really weird. Do you <laughs> way to do you put view it. these people as free thinkers? Oh, absolutely. Okay, they're uh -huh. very the most open minded, intelligent people you'll ever meet. Okay. Um, um, so it's. It's what they've had to tell me about their experiences with microdosing psychedelics and, and escalating it over the past year is fascinating to me. It is something I plan on doing hopefully in the next year. Um, and I'm just so curious as to you of all people who has such a, an existential view of, of consciousness, mm -hmm. how you would do on them and then how you would feel days and weeks after when you come off of it. Um, problem is though that's not really free will you're taking a chemical to alter the but will. you're making the decision to do so rather than just do again something you, Michael does uh, again you went down a path that made that uh, that brought that into your consciousness that you at that point had no other choice but to do that. <laughs> was it my choice to go down that path to begin with yeah, you were led down that path by all the decisions and things that happened before you but it, I mean if you're having to take a chemical, to make it that all that altering change, I don't. That's not free will. Maybe it's not your idea of free will, free market, will. but it's my fucking choice, <laughs> and I'm gonna do it uh, before the next year is over. It's more <laughs> about it's more about getting high or seeing cool things. Now here, I could do that, but I don't. I, I, I could do that tomorrow. That's so not my thing. Here's my uh, here's my equal exchange for this uh, offer that you've presented me, and this is what I wish I could do with people, but. I'm curious to see if Morgan thinks this is manipulation. I wish to share 
my experience of reality with people in a you already such do. A, okay but in such a fine-tuned way to where they can experience how i experience it in bits and pieces in bits and pieces just so that they can be presented with evidence of like why i'm not as crazy as i may sound well your problem and your fault sasha is that you're not a vulcan else you could do the fucking Mind meld. Vulcan mind meld right now. Yeah, but then you could. <laughs> but that's the <laughs> point. That's what I want to do. Yeah, and so I want to ask Morgan: like, is that manipulative? But it's not yeah. the mind melt. It's it it's a reverse mind melt. It's it's no. Like it's, if if you were content, right? Why do you need other people to go along with you? But that's not contentment. I'm content yeah, right now. Content. I'm I'm content but with if, my experience. You keep of talking about dragging other people with you. No, that, no, no. Hey, yeah. l- let me. Uh, you're wanting people to experiencing your what mm, you're experiencing. Is nope. that no? No, I don't think that's no. I understand, right? No, here's what I'm saying. Here, let me. Uh, but it is influential. It is manipulation. It is come along with me let me present it differently it's about control let me it's present it differently real power quick. just real quick no it's not about power it's yeah. not about control i don't care about either of those then things you wouldn't care about presenting it to anyone to see i'll tell you why i do let me <laughs> let me see this fake reality come on <laughs> let me present myself as a subject in this case of my philosophy and what i'd like to do so let let me suggest that there's a higher level of consciousness which there most certainly is than myself i am open to saying Bring it on. Show me everything you know. Bring it on. What I am confused by is on this planet how people deemed, again, this is just deemed. I don't have faces when I say this. I don't have particular individuals in mind. I really don't. But I'm confused as to how the lower level of consciousness and intelligence isn't saying bring it on. Like I'm saying bring it on to higher consciousness that that's out there other than me willing to immerse myself in what they can present me somehow somewhere along the the chain it stops with humans and the dummies are content enough to say i I don't bring any of it on i'm just happy as i am perhaps it has nothing to do with that right everybody learns in different ways correct so perhaps the higher level of conscious is not presenting itself in a way for other people to learn. So the lower level of consciousness is presenting itself in learning by growing obese, unintelligent, dumb. Um, You're att- so that's all a level of consciousness? It's the lowest. It's level. the lowest. Like, it's like the, I'm, I'm existing. Oh, it's it's obesity is a, is a conscious no, no. level of consciousness. The choices that you make to get you to that stage are low-level choices. Smoking, How about drinking. the people that have medical, con- medical conditions that make okay. them fatter? The, the, have they, no, of course not, obese, Morgan. Have they, I'm not a fat not a, shamer. I'm a yes, fat shamer are. when it comes to people who have made the decisions to get to that point. Or smokers or drinkers or people who have basically their whole existence turns around satisfying my impulses after I get home from Because work. you know yeah. why I, I, I lambast these particular people? Because they contribute to your understanding of free will and reality because they haven't made any conscious choice to do anything differently. See, when you make these just grandiose assumptions of these people, it's a little bit infuriating to me. Okay. <laughs> then, it really is. You You are – Blanketing all these people with all the same stuff, not, not taking not taking into account everything that's led to this point. Then why don't they share those those? I aspects? think they do every day, but you hate on it. 
you don't like social media, but I think these people are expressing themselves every day, but it's stuff that you don't like that doesn't fit in your concept of consciousness or moving forward. You're upset. You, I mean, you see them as just being stuck in the same loop over and over again. But I mean, are they not? That contributes to a larger loop that contributes to a larger loop that we all agree on seems to be a negative loop. I don't, I don't agree that it's a negative loop. The infrastructures that we've built to bail people out for um, poor decision making, the infrastructure that we've built to uh, the medical establishment that has a pill for everything. You don't think these are negative aspects of our reality? No. All right. I do not. I'll have to I have check think, the tape. I, I mean, <laughs> because in not, different scenarios, you do. It may not be healthy, but it's, I don't know that it's negative. Okay. Or that it shouldn't happen. I don't think that obese people are the the crux of my argument. They just they do come off as one of the examples that I make because I do have a thing against the fast food lines. I do have a thing against poor nutrition. And obviously I need to posit an example of the negative results to support my stance that I don't think is incorrect in that when you look at heart disease being the number one killer across the world and the fact that diabetes is going through the roof. High blood pressure. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, all these things that are okay. They're tolerated because we like doctors. We like providing uh, doctors with jobs. We like new hospitals. It's good for the local environment. It's good for the economy. It's good. It brings in tons of new jobs. Doctors are to be trusted. They're great place they're they're a great career for a young kid to aspire to be but like we just had the conversation about breast cancer and all that, if people got snappier fingers healthier in the next 50 years and doctors 20 percent of the doctor force was really needed compared to what we had now in the united states what would all these other people that want to go to school to be a doctor what would they do if we're only hiring maybe, a fraction of the doctors? Maybe you're antagonizing the wrong people. I don't think the problem is doctors. I think the problem if there's somebody that's no, I'm not antagonizing of, them at all. Ooh, I'm anta- I'm antagonizing the people that generate the system that we have to accept as our reality, just because the decisions haven't changed, the choices haven't changed. The, the pharmaceutical industry are those who really profit off of the bad decisions people make because there's a fucking pill for everything. But it doesn't make everything. the problem go away. Of course it doesn't make. That's not the, the problem. Is the point is not to make the problem go away. The point is to make money off the fucking population. That right. is the blob. That is the livestock of the wealthy in this country. I'm interested in the free will that I can exert to make the problem go away, even if it's just me. Who's doing it by myself thinking, hey, first it's all, possible. For, first of all, you're, you're, what do I have to do? Do I have to make fun of fat <laughs> people for 40 years before they get it? They seem to respond to that. Uh, Making fun of fat, fat people makes them get skinny? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I think it no, makes what, them dig What in I'm saying is pe- people in general seem to respond to when you call them out on something and when you put them on blast. I'm just, mm, but that's that's not that's a positive a ge- response. I know. That's typically, I'm, a negative. I'm just playing their game. I'm playing their game. That's all I'm doing. You're you're like you're like you remind me of the people who wrote Wally <laughs> when they show the future of the United States 200 years from now. It's a fucked up, trash-ridden planet that isn't worth nothing, and all of the what's left of the human population are these big 500-pound people who are strapped in the love lazy boy. Yeah. And every button they press on their chair feeds them fast food or dopamine or alcohol. And it's, that's, that's the human existence 300 years from now are these dopamine-obsessed, 
five hundred pound fuckers. That that's that Look, that's what's become of the blob that we're worried about right now. Well, sixty I mean, percent of my family is all those skinny overweight. people are dopamine. It's like sixty my percent of my family. Sixty percent of my family is overweight. A lot of my friends are overweight. I don't dislike overweight people. I don't look at them and say, ah, you're the scum of the earth. I look at them and I contemplate decisions and choices. And I I am scientifically inclined to think what is interfering with them making a different choice. And then when I present you with these discussions, you say maybe they're content. And then obviously that's going to infuriate me because what are they content with? The idea that they have a higher blood pressure than everyone else, that they have a higher potential for heart disease, that they have a higher potential for high cholesterol and all these things, that they are going to go to the doctors for four, five, six times for the rest of their life on a yearly basis. That What are they content with? The fact that the burger tastes good, the fact that the fast food is convenient and it makes them feel good for that moment in time. These are all dopamine hits. These are all things that the brain tricks us into thinking. They could eat um, communion bread or stale <laughs> stale chips and, ha- and have somebody blindfold them and say, you're tasting a new – this is why placebos exist and actually create the effect that the non-placebo creates in people 30% of the time. People think if you give them a placebo pill and it's a sugar pill and they say, hey, this is going to reduce your stress, 30% of people who take placebos actually claim to feel the effect of the non-placebo. It's the same concept when it comes to this. So so much of the of the reason that people are so overweight or unhealthy in this country and um, there's so there's a lot of skinny people who are also, also unhealthy too, is because of the garbage we eat. And I think Sasha, you might be underestimating how much of the reason people eat the garbage they do is because of the chemicals that are placed into fast food that makes them addictive, and the hordes keep coming fucking back for it. I mean, there is observational science on, on studies I can send yeah. you that it's basically. But that's what I'm talking about, though, is the blob. The blob, horribly, um, as terrible as it is to think about it. Too much of the U.S. population is livestock for the wealthy who's actually in control of this country. And one of the best, biggest examples of this is the fast food industry because the fast food industry is fucking garbage. And when 10, 20 years from now, when there's more and more studies coming out, letting people know about the chemicals that are placed into fast food Causing to keep people depression. coming back, depression, anxiety, anxiety emotional disorders, PTSD based on image. Combined with social media influences and what they see online doesn't match up with what they see in the mirror. Well, we don't. And there's a lot of interconnectedness that. Well, this, the science hasn't even come out yet. It's not even complete. When we find out decades from now of, of the level of toxicity and the damage that those chemicals are doing to our bodies and we're passing along to our kids. When it comes to the additives that they put in food to make them limiting more of gene expression moving it's, forward, it's, it's horrible. We're, we're going to find out, just like we're finding out decades later, how bad Teflon was for everybody. We're going to find out and how bad fast food was for in people. hundreds of years, Miguel. They're going to come up with the um, science that says this was limiting their experience of life, of free will, <laughs> <laughs> nutrition. That's what's so scary right now is that in the, the U.S. The brain connection's real, and your aptitude towards opening up certain receptors and access to certain areas of your brain is limited based on your diet and your nutrition. Yeah, but if I take LSD, I'm, I can I can open those back up. 
temporarily, very temporarily. <laughs> it's like I a dream. Know. When you oh, wake yeah. up from your dream, do you remember the ins and outs of it? I, I don't know. Sometimes. I don't. I don't think that LSD can help somebody who has brain damage. I don't think the LSD mm. is going to help somebody who basically has fucked up their mind for the past thirty years of smoking, drinking, and nothing but fast food. That, yeah, per- but they- I don't think we have a large population that's fucked up with smoking anymore. See, that's that's the thing I was going to bring up and, too is that there's been I a cultural think, shift there, and I don't think drinking is what it once was either. No. Here's the, I, the, the new the new thing is going to be. I just marijuana. went to a casino today, so don't. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> not a good example yeah. for. Well, you're going people to a smoking and drinking less. Well, there's certainly drink. more more. Um, it was considered being a drunk or drinking a lot was considered more endearing the further back you I go. I feel like young people go out and drink more than ever. I don't know about that I, at all. Actually, this was like one of the first years that like. Uh, but that's, that they when they're doing college asterisk, kids right? stuff. Maybe, but college kids aren't drinking like college kids. Uh, when used I was to drink. in college, yeah, I didn't drink as much. Me and my friends didn't drink half as much as my uncles and my mom talked about drinking in college. That's all they did. Huh. They drank like fucking like, like Animal House. That's but, fascinating. And whenever I got to college, I'm like, it's kind of boring. Well, you've got, you've got an armoire full of liquor, though. I do, um, but I, again, it's every once. I always joke about how much I drink. I only do it like every couple weeks. Hmm. Um, but I do have friends that drink every day. I gotcha. So for context, that's the way it is. No, what I was going to say, here's, here's what's really scary and difference is that right now within the body positive movement, there is the fat acceptance movement. That is a weird cultural change from what you just talked about, which is basically, um, there's been a cultural shift that has turned heavily against smoking. When you watch all these movies, I'll just finish watching the outsiders. People were smoking in the hospitals, oh, yeah. in oh, yeah. emergency rooms. Yep. Oh God! If you imagine, you hardly see a smoker in movies. Um, no, nowadays. because there's been such now there is a cultural stigma against smoking that did not exist 20 years ago. When I was a kid watching Rescue 911, <laughs> you would see the fucking EMT, <laughs> the reenacting the reenacted cheesy ass <laughs> show. But even this shit like that, like every show you watched in the early 90s when I was a kid, everyone smoked. People were still did they had ashtrays in the waiting rooms of hospitals. You I still see a lot of people drinking in movies. Sure, but see, that's that might be the next cultural shift. But the cultural oh. shift against smoking, there's such a stigma right now mm. that is, I mean, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> Thank God they haven't Smoke. moved to um, vaping in movies because that would uh, that would make me turn the movie off immediately. Just vaping. If people were vaping like they used to. I can't stand vapors. I, I, I brought an e-cigarette over here just to see what you would say, and I know you were annoyed, which is really funny. Because I wanted to see what you would say. Well, vapors uh, feel entitled. I don't fuck with vaping, but I did have an e-cigarette. People who vape somewhat feel entitled now a little bit because, um, strangely, you say this all the time. The rules don't apply to me or things like that. So when they go and they see a sign, non-smoking environment, like, oh, I'm vaping. (laughs) Do you vape, Morgan? No, fuck no. okay. No, it's just uh, when when I present a lot of uh, my daily activities, Morgan's like, oh, here's Sasha saying how the rules don't apply to me. Right. I'm like, yeah. I mean, in some regards, yeah, vapors are very high up there. I saw a vapor in a movie theater while watching the movie. I see a cloud of smoke right in front of me. I'm like, that's becoming passe because I think back in 2016, vapors were fucking everywhere it was the hot thing to do there was vaping instagrams there was people doing trips with vape smoke <laughs> like it was just dumb shit again this is back uh to what we were talking about well before the start of this episode the the pareto principle idea is that um the skill sets out there or, or the amount of things that people can do is drying up and i think like vape any new fad is going to have its its mm-hmm. percentile that wants to take it all the way yeah but aren't we uh isn't that the way society is heading 
What's that? Trends and fads. Yeah, that you're going to go that way, right? Because things are going to become more automated as far as job skills go. Mm. So what are people going to do? They're whatever. Whatever is on whatever TikTok. they're conditioned to. Yeah, yeah, that's the scary part. That's the. Yeah, I think it's gonna. That's be why cool. you got to positively manipulate people. Who's <laughs> <laughs> positivity? Uh, where it's coming from? Like, um, like a church manip- can manipulate people to believe in God, but is that positive? It is for the, in their point of view, it's right. extremely positive. Well, that's that's in someone else's point of view. It's not positive. So that's where <laughs> that's why there's a weird thing about manipulation. I think anytime you're manipulating, it's probably negative. Even if you manipulate them for a positive reason, there's probably a negative side effect from it. Mm. I don't know. Because it's like if, 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 I, don't I, know. if Water. I tell a kid, hey, you need to go. I want, I'd really like for you to go study after school because I think that you know, you, you're you smart and I think you can sharpen yourself. Is that me manipulating that kid? Or my nephew or niece when I tell them that? In a way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is in well. If we consider influence manipulation, then it, I don't it, though. That's a difference. I think it, again, maybe, you would you would you would maybe, say more. But, you, but let's say they do that. Yeah. You know, and then every day they're going and studying after school. But what they're stop doing is riding a bike or exercising. You see what I'm yeah. saying? There's like a there's a yeah there's a seesaw there, game there you have to a, play. But what if you balance it out? But you have to be okay. You have then to be what you then what you've got to do is consciously think of all the weight things that could possibly be, be impacted yeah. and then and then make a, de- a decision but people don't do that but that's right? commonplace in the future that's <laughs> it won't be commonplace well this is why i have a distortion with reality yeah, it, in the it, present it, time it'll this be is that common. way because it's, it's ai easy. thinks of it but it's easy to make this decision like well, it's, it's almost unconscious it's like the swing of a baseball bat for some people i think that the nuance of what you're talking about morgan needs to be addressed we have to be sensitive to it because there's a big difference between me walking up to a kid and being like hey i think you'd be cool if you smoke crack right <laughs> and walking up to a kid and being like hey i think it'd be cool if you got more exercise and studied yeah right. you know so okay Skip which on one fast which, food for a month exactly which one of those is positive influence which one of those is manipulation yeah like I'm gonna entertain my, I'm gonna troll these kids' parents by telling all of their kids to smoke crack, <laughs> pass the cracker on the playground. Right. So that that is of course negative manipulation. The other one's positive influence. I think. I always my analogy for this is a, an easy one. It's um it's water. It's back to the purified versus spring versus where water comes from. I can there's a bankability. That if I go to not necessarily where Ozarka gets their water, but if I go to like a a glacier, a peak somewhere in Scandinavia or Northern Europe where the water comes from the peak of the mountain down to the stream, there's a bankability that that water is going to be as pure and as um, clean as it was at the top of that, untainted as it was at the top making its way through the rocks or at least filled with the minerals that my body needs. It's untainted. So that's my analogy for just information in general and where I like to think that How I get it from. How did it get to the top of the mountain? Oh, that particular. <laughs> so what you're hoping is the poo water that got no. put on top of the mountain. By the time it comes down the mountain, it's filtered enough to where it's no longer poo Theoretically, water. if it's from the top of the mountain, it probably came from precipitation. Morgan, which came know. from the ocean, which is trash. <laughs> Depends on where. Depends on where. All over the world. Depends on pollution. Depends on where. You don't think fish and whales shit? You don't think we need some of the nutrients that are <laughs> in fish and shit 
and fish and shits. <laughs> fish and shits or fish, fish and, and whale shits. Uh, we obviously do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm suggesting is, and you I said it earlier. Shit, I said it earlier in the show, water. and I wish I wish we had cameras when I when I was. Uh, when I was performing my willingness to be open to a higher level of consciousness and like bringing it on and all that, I do have faith and I do have a sort a, a sense of confidence in where my influence comes from. It doesn't come from reality all too much <laughs> as, as we have perceived it um, as a species. It does it does come from a higher source in many regards, but it's not definitional. It's not uh, it's not relegated to this realm or that realm or that realm. I'm open to it being something that I don't have knowledge of yet. I'm open to where my wisdom and information and intel coming from is an unknown. So all that I care about is applying the information I get and the insights that I get seeing if they have a tangible reflection of positivity in them when I apply them in my life. It's it's like the passing of the baton. Remember when I used to use this analogy back when we worked together, the telephone game, and I said, the problem we have in this office is that source A that knows the most about what's going on in the office tells source B. But from that point on, when source B has to inform C, D, E, and F, it's almost out of A's control how muddled the information is along the way. It's the game of telephone. It's why the game exists. It's fun to observe whispering into someone's ear garden and seeing the end result be jungle. Yeah. How did it get there? The, it happens with everything. So what I'm interested in seeing is it not getting muddled and seeing what the results are. If everybody plays the game of telephone correctly and properly. But I think that's what the game teaches you is that no matter what your intention is, you can't play that game quote unquote properly. Isn't there was some asshole in school whenever we used to play that game that would throw in something random just to troll? Like they would like sure. they would start off with jungle, and by the end of it, somebody had five kids down. Penis. It's Absolutely, like, really? that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> but you turn to the guy that left. You're like, was it really penis? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, there were most of the time in school they were smart enough not to say something so blatantly stupid. Like and we're penis. not talking about a simple game of telephone when it applies to reality. We're talking about. But it, all the principles still apply. The principles apply, but. It's not like something necessarily that once you understand what's going on, you would want to troll. Because if you troll, you run the risk of negative influence, especially in this world. Yeah, but I think that's what everybody wants. Negative influence? Yes. A lot of people want it. Well, why are there so many YouTube channels that are misinformation channels? Well, there's so many people who do the same thing with cognitive bias because people are low on the consciousness totem pole they're low on the intellect totem pole so what they see being low bar entertainment actually jives with them you, you think the flat earthers are trolling 
No. The first person who brought it up to, to make it a thing <laughs> may have been just trolling. May have been worst worst side effects of and all then, time. And then, well, I mean, how do you know that doesn't happen with a lot of things? Right. But there are things that it doesn't happen with because like what? Mm. I think it happens with everything. When you're talking about information, it's happened. Information is misinterpreted every day. Right. Every piece. Aren't of you interested in a world where mis where misinformation doesn't exist? Well, then that would mean we're in a world without human. Nah. Do you think there was misinformation in the Star Trek Earth and uh, two the year two thousand twenty, like twenty three sixty seven? You think there was misinformation there? You think that people would put up with stupid bullshit flying around everywhere? Well, they didn't dive into it, but I mean, if you're really talking about a world in that aspect, yeah, there's still going to be conspiracy. Theorists. But it's going to be high be people that buck the system. Yeah, but the but the things that are muddled are arguably new in that world, and I've stressed this a lot on this program. I think that. Once we eclipse and we erode at shit that is in the past that we can get past in the present time, we open up a canvas of new potentialities and new things that we have to tackle as a society and as individuals, higher levels of consciousness that are just new. And then it's okay to be misinformed. It's okay to aggregate incorrect assumptions and opinions on something because you're experiencing something new. The people that are misinformed and are redundant in their incorrectness and even negativity nowadays, they're not presenting anything new. They're not presenting an opinion or a perspective on something that we haven't seen before from someone who did it better or presented or trolled better or presented it in a more, um, slightly tactful way yet misinformed we have all these historical precedents of people getting it wrong trolling being misinformed and then all we're seeing now are there the third or fourth iterations of the michael keaton multiplicity effect where they're not even good at it so that's the world that i feel you can chop off at the head and not have it be manipulative not have it be um controlled not have it be it's just Cutting off the redundancy of a negative cycle. It's like cutting off, stop putting the cigarette down, going cold turkey for something that you know is not beneficial. You've, you've seen the writings on the wall. It's just, it's a little different when it comes to incorrectness of opinion and understanding of um, something like a story or a concept or an idea. I'm okay with a variety of it, of opinions. If they're new ones, I welcome them. I'm like interested in them. It's open-mindedness. It goes hand in hand. But when I see somebody trolling online that I saw trolling three or four years ago, five, yeah, you might enjoy it. It might be fun, but it's not new. It's not, it, it doesn't, doesn't push the needle in any direction. It's just. I don't think that's what about trolling is. It's about just having that quick enjoyment of getting trolling, maybe misinformation, just different. Pissing someone off in an instant by saying something you know that will make them mad. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, do you like, know how many times like I say something to my people? wife? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, or my like, like um, you can troll you. I, we troll the people we know all the time. We do. Like, I love Maggie to death, but I'll troll her. I'll troll Maurice, and I'll yeah. troll my best friends to say something random and fucked up to piss them off. 
I've done that less since I've gotten older, but it's still fun whenever I fucking do it. I'm not, yeah, <laughs> not going to lie. I'll pretend to be a referee, right? And I'll try to throw a flag on the ground and go, offsides, Kelly. <laughs> Five-yard penalty. <laughs> that's pretty funny. All right, that's kind of pisses her off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what's wrong with striving for that reality, though, Miguel? We're misinformation on stuff that we should be over. Like we're, we're as being society, done with. We're, we're as a society becoming conscious of that. The social dilemma is a peak of that. Yeah. The New York Times, which I've shit on in the past, kudos to them for actually keeping track of this and holding Facebook to an extent accountable when they were blowing them 15 years before. Yeah. Um, if well, it's shit. 12 years before, but still. Well, what I mean is, is that is that society, we're becoming conscious of, here at least in the U.S., um, and probably other places in the world, of the toxicity of social media and Social media's ability to perpetuate bullshit and misinformation, which is making people dumber and angrier, which is terrible for our society. The problem is that, Sasha, you have you have 328 million people in the U.S. right now. Mm-hmm. 200 million of them are addicted to dopamine. and In small increments. And, well, I mean, but tiny. All, but all day. What are all you? Day. All of us are. All of us are. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we have some of us, I like, I like to think, this might be, you know, some kind of sort of arrogant. I like to think that some of us who got the hell off of social media for the most part are less addicted, but it's still there. I like getting up in the morning and hearing my favorite songs, and I have other There's, dopamine releases in yeah, my life. Still books, still books, but they may be sustained dopamine releases. Right. They may not be coming in tiny increments that all have, day long. Yeah. Th- that also have. Uh, tangible negative effects on the way your brain works. Right. I mean, they, they, there was just a study that was done that showed how horrible, I think we might have talked about this from last time I was here. Last time I was hanging out with you, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. There was a tangible study that just came out that showed the terrible effects of TikTok on Gen Z's mind, how it has basically destroyed yeah. their fucking attention span and it has made their depression skyrocket. Absolutely. Oh, man, it was, it was going way before then, man. But don't you think TikTok has it's made shortened, it worse? It's abbreviated even worse because it comes down to the the immersion level yeah, in but the there's content. A reason, yeah, but there's a reason that when TikTok hits that it's only X number of seconds worth of content, right? It, the damage was already done by that. That's just, it's just exacerbated. You think that, that's what I say, they, they've exacerbated yeah. it. And also, it's it's like they poured gasoline on the fire, what's already going on with Gen Z's mind. I really get it. I'm really embarrassed for whenever I'm at the movies or at the mall. And there's like a 45 year old woman behind me, and I can hear her just cackling with her friends right. about what they're looking at on their phone. And I'm and I and you look back and I'm like these chicks are on fucking TikTok, man. Yeah. So it's like we shouldn't also um, isn't that you know TikTok's funny now that I think about it. I'd have never the seen name it. the name itself TikTok. It's like a moment. It's like yeah. a, a second. It's a blip. It's indicative of, of a blip of, of what you're going to get. Move on yeah, to the next absolutely. one. Move on to the next one. Yeah. Or it's indicative of their time running. TikTok, TikTok. Hey, man. Again, it's a Watchman node. The, the life. It's a node to Watchman there. Yeah. By the way. I got you. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I have to clarify some of my oh, references. They're so layered in some instances. I was going to say, I, is it, I, look, I just let my layered references go. Isn't like. Let them go. TikTok. <sighs> then you don't have control over whether they're misinterpreted. That's I'm fine with that. If I'm the only one who gets it. <laughs> it's like I'm the only one who gets it. I was entertained, Morgan yeah, says. That's right. But like, I mean, TikTok is just the latest thing to keep There'll the be livestock. Something else that yeah, comes it's, along. It's, it's yeah. the latest thing to keep the livestock dopamine filled. Well, so then it's going to have to be even more extreme. 
than what TikTok is because TikTok is a branch off of Instagram, which is a branch off of Facebook, which is a branch off of MySpace, which is a branch off of everyday life. Chat rooms. Chat Chat rooms. God, chat rooms were – So you see the cycle here is is negatively – it's gotten worse and worse and worse. It's a downward spiral, and there are tangible like there's there's easy access points to say, okay, predict what comes after TikTok. It's video related. It's shorter. It's what the hell? How how long are TikTok videos? That you guys know eight to ten seconds. So it's going to be four seconds. And what's even scarier is um, we started this episode, or part of it was discussing Facebook's effect on the landscape of other sites that were competing with Facebook. Yeah. TikTok is doing it as well with other sites that uh, compete with it video. Um, so YouTube's going to see this effect. Well, there's YouTube shorts now. Yeah. yeah. And the entertainment world is going to see this effect. I've um, always, I've always noticed movies the movies will get shorter. Yes. But I've always noticed it in songs as well. Like the average runtime of a uh, billboard top 10 or top 20 hit now is like two and a half minutes to three minutes from the big artists like Billie Eilish or, uh, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, you're or, not getting a four minute. You're song. not going to get a four yeah. or five minute song anymore. But here's the interesting part. There are, there are people in position to directly oppose all of that. Like there are, actual realms of entertainment that are set up to be the absolute inverse that are almost battling it out, duking it out for not control, but um, influence over people's attention spans. It's like a constant tug of war back and forth. But who's the tug of war between? Because those in power have no fucking incentive to make the American working class attention spans better. Right. You want, again, the livestock to have their dopamine all day long so they don't realize their situation. The interesting part here is that, say, long-form conversations or long-form podcasts or an audible uh, audiobook, which they've taken off um, recently as well, uh, or in, in the last 10 decade or 10 years in the last decade, audiobook listening has kind of experienced a resurgence from its days on CD and cassette um, now that it's accessible digitally. That's probably not a bad thing, though. So with... Mm. With the cattle, with the blob, it's balanced. Meaning, they do have the choice to um, watch a a Netflix program that's fifty five minutes mm-hmm. long, and it's ten episodes. That's sustained sort of immersive. Now they may be on their phone on TikTok simultaneously while watching that show. Oh yeah, yeah. but that's perfect. It's almost harmonious how balanced their brain fluctuations must be, which is probably why it keeps them at, uh, what was the simpleton brainwave activity? Beta? Alpha? I don't remember. I'm, simpleton? I, the simp brainwave? Brainwave? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, this, the baseline, the, the, the lowest common denominator brainwave activity, I believe to be alpha or beta it's one of those two i forget it was like 10 episodes ago but that's i've posited that that's based on your environment and that's based on what you submit yourself to obviously dictates how your brain waves work so with the blob i think it's okay i I think i think think i think there's more of a balance than we see 
I don't think so because I think you think think most, of an eight-hour workday. Do you think most of the kids who are addicted to TikTok are watching a fucking documentary? No, but they're working eight hours a day. They're, they're going to school. <laughs> they're going to school six uh, hours a day, and they're on TikTok yeah. while they're at school. Like I, I yeah, don't. But they're in constant flux. That's the thing. I don't TikTok know. is vying for their attention all of the time in these little brief intermittent things. But as but it's not like they're TikToking all all day. They can't. You can't TikTok all day at school. You have to have there. There's just a constant back and forth of short attention dopamine hits versus longer sustained. There is a part of reality that's trying to like reel them back in and say there if, has to be a polarity. If there's not, though, I think that 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 that's the that's why why problems arise is because when there's not polarity, but there has to be because polarity is a law. Not always. If that was true, then we would have no problems. For instance, we know it's a problem that these kids' minds are being destroyed by things like TikTok and that their attention spans are being destroyed. That doesn't mean that there's no polarity. But if that's the case, Sasha, that means that they're not absorbing the information like me and you did in school. They're worse off than we were. Oh, they are. Yeah. So what's the polarity in that? If they're worse off than we were, their minds are getting destroyed. What's balancing that right now? The scary polarity is that their reality and their experience of it will accommodate that. Moving forward. I don't, I don't know what that means. It means that the idea of the world that we want to see mm-hmm. can happen and come about. And the idea of the world that will be relegated to based on the masses experience of all of this can happen simultaneously as well. I don't know, because I think that if, if, we're on the same page when it comes to the world that we want to live in where people are so enlightened. Mm-hmm. It is well, completely antithetical to a I population. never said everyone. Well, then how? Because, I mean, again, if the majority of the population is still the blob and they're a bunch of unobservant, yeah. ignorant people then it's with, on, the, with the attention then it's span on people of like fucking, you and I to let it go. To let them go. <laughs> to no, to let it to, to let it it go if you had the choice and be diametrically opposed to it good okay but but not in a not in a broadcast sense to where we address the issues with them um over and over and over again it's okay to get it out there and and for the sake of the record books which is why I do a lot of this. I'm like, I want to Let's know record. I want to go on record that I lived in the year 2021 and I did not agree with this, 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 and this. Yeah. So that in 50 years time, when my granddaughter is listening, yeah. I don't have the same sort of, or she doesn't have the, she or he doesn't have the same arguments that I have now where I'm like, what the f- why didn't my parents care a little bit more about this or my grand? Yeah. And then I have to rely on, them saying we did, but here let me explain why it didn't work out. Now we can tackle it all in like these little conversations yeah. that we have, and we can we can put that. But that doesn't mean that I want to change the way that the lowest common denominator of people out there experiences life, I because like- I feel there is some semblance of polarity even in their life that makes. Like Morgan says, contentment really is a, a balance, right? At the end of the day, that's kind of synonymous with contentment is um, agreement. Or conceding. Or conceding. Or but you'd have to be conscious. 
to apply that term to them. So they're not conceding if – I'm talking about us. You just, what I'm oh. saying is that you're, it sounds like you are comfortable with conceding that there is a huge part of the population that you're just not going to change and fuck them. And here, well, I don't know about fuck them. I think you need them, but you need um, them for a for a view of what balance looks like. Perhaps <laughs> essentially the canaries. Yeah, and it, and it's sort of like you want to be a little empathetic if that's how you want to live. Live that way. Also, I'll, I'll help you. I'll support you to not go anywhere. Well, if you subscribe, <laughs> if you subscribe to the core like law of polarity, the only way to a higher level of consciousness is by having that lowest level of consciousness regress even more. Why? So why would, why would your um, attainability to reach a higher level of consciousness have anything to do with people being more primitive or dumber? Or Because you have to have the reflection of those experiences that you have to be Aware, aware of, of oh, to okay. to to create yeah. to create the opposite of like Something in, in, in order for love towards, yeah. in order yeah you have to in order for love to even be a thing in my consciousness i have to observe what hate looks like i might get that part uh pain versus uh peace um violence versus peace there there's all of these equivalents on the other end of the spectrum that chicken before the egg you, you contemplate in your mind like what would have had to have come first but if you throw all that away and you don't analyze it you just see that they're harmonious sort of they're linked to one another as opposites that that's scary to me is that that by what you're saying then theoretically is that your higher level of consciousness is dependent on the a large portion of the populace becoming even worse and that's i don't, I don't think that that's necessary. i don't know about worse but where they're at, staying where they're at now um i i'm terrified of what's worse well, right now it could be their quote-unquote work that makes it possible for me to have time to contemplate and to do, do all this things. or to reach a higher level of consciousness think about the the neuroscience that will eventually tap into that could convince people that their diets are completely atrocious and they need to change. Think of the studies that have to be down the line that convinces the fast food addict eventually, because eventually it's gonna something be, will happen. Uh, it'll be laws, I think. But those laws will be based on the science and the research. Sure, sure, sure. So that has to come down in a format that is applicable to that low end of yeah. consciousness, because three guys on a podcast arguing opinions aren't going to get it done because we're at the two hour, 44 minute mark. <laughs> so they left us at the 17 second mark. Right. When we weren't talking about chips dip and there wasn't a, or there wasn't uh, a joke. An ad for something. Well, there's a lot of jokes. Well, you <laughs> know what I mean? Just different level. Or no fart jokes. jokes or uh, no fart jokes, no fart noises. There's no, mixer here where i press buttons and things capture their attention for those brief moments it's just a three-hour conversation because we can sustain it and i'm only interested in an audience that can sustain it remember that uh that thing that i sent you that uh that video of the guy talking about how people are 
too complacent living in the society that they're living in. It was called who's what was the name of that video? Oh, damn it. Uh, dinner, Wally. Dinner, dinner with. Um, damn oh yeah, dinner with Andre. Dinner with Andre. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't think so. It's, kind of mind blowing to mind, just see that conversation. To see that conversation is reminiscent of the things we talk about now. And that was oh, 1978, yeah. 79, Absolutely. something like that. So stuff like network. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it doesn't exactly. it doesn't sink in with people. Well, that video became semi viral for a while. So that is indicative of the fact that there are virality millions. doesn't mean sinking in with people long term. Not long term, but at least the fact that there were people that appreciated that video enough to uh, observe it. Yeah. I think it was something positive. It's like the Matrix you, movie. You might be underestimating the, the number of podcasts about consciousness and existentialism out Perhaps. there has grown. So the good news is we might be underestimating the people that are observant of the sort of thing we're talking about and oh, yeah. give a shit. Oh, yeah. But it's also true at the same time. <laughs> there's your fucking polarity. Well, it's actually not polarity because it's not equal. But the, ma- the sad truth is the majority of the population doesn't give a shit about things like this. But the, here's the great news. No, they they care about abortion. Here's the. <laughs> what was that? That was a random quip. Yeah, that was. <laughs> but they only care about that because the politicians force right. them to care about right. it. But here's yeah, the it's awesome. A hot button issue. Yeah. Right? The fantastic yeah. news, Miguel, is that yeah. I think the percentile of people that care about the important stuff and care about expanding consciousness and and just understanding the world a little bit more and endeavoring in science and all of these uh, realms and spirituality as well and meshing the two and just pushing forward on the edge of stuff that we haven't been able to tackle such a small percentile yet it exists in the face of 99% of people who don't give a care give a care about any of that stuff and yet that is harmonious so what that tells me is that it requires a much smaller amount of people to care about something meaningful and something that genuinely could produce and elicit positive impacts and positive things to come down the road than it does the negative stuff. A a small percentile of people can usher in large, sweeping, good changes. I think this has been proven historically. Even even if it's done in weird, malicious ways um, and good ways, but we don't hear about them because that's secret societies. But the people that do it blatantly and up front and center, the politicians, for example, sweeping changes, small groups of people at the end of the day. Mm. It's uh, people just look at the way a jury works. It's 12 people making a decision. It's that based on. Large amounts of context, huge story, and at the end of the day, it's just 12 people who make a decision. Or in the realm of politics, 450 representatives in the House of Representatives. How many senators? 100. 100. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> should have known state. that too. Right? <laughs> sorry, I'm aloof when it comes to politics. We haven't discussed no. politics You're very Canadian. much in this episode. Yeah, I know how you people do things. So, <laughs> so the good news is, I, I think... Um, the balance is there everywhere I look. And the even better news, and I've stressed this on multiple episodes, you have too. Morgan disagrees with it. I don't know if he disagrees as adamantly as he did in 2019. But I think that eventually the the dragging of uh, the low end upward, it's not intentional. It just happens. They come along. They come along to the next level. They graduate on their own Carter shift scale from from the recesses of ignorance to 
just ignorant. <laughs> to just well, well, because if you look at it, um, just genealogically speaking, they have right. They're not Neanderthalic minds at the end of the day. They're maybe Neanderthalic in their actions and their primitiveness of of thought, but they're not walking around not being able to formulate words. Yeah. They've progressed. So in a hundred years, they progress more. 200 progress more. They do get dragged along. There's an inevitability of them being raised to a level of consciousness. But they can't. Could. No, they can't. Revolt is met with a polarity now that is not along the lines of what revolt was met with back then. Because the higher levels of consciousness, in my opinion, have progressed past retaliatory violence to oppose revolt. Is polarity to you not um, equivalent to the old expression, uh, every action is equal to has an equal and opposite reaction. Has, has, is, is equal to, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. We're <laughs> coming so down right now. Yeah. What I'm saying is that is your view of polarity. Is, it, does, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with equivalence. It seems to have something to do with, with pushback, but not necessarily equal. That's what I worry about. No, the two polarities create the balance. See, that's where we're different is because I don't see balance in the things. We'll, we'll talk about this for the next time, but I, yeah. I, I'm worried because... I don't see balance in what you're talking about. I see a spiral hmm. um, because, again, of things like um, kids' attention spans being destroyed. Yes. I don't see a polarity there. I, I see the problem existing, and hmm. there's not enough pushback, or there's nothing. There's not enough of something countering that problem. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. I see kids that... On the opposite end of that spectrum, I see kids that have developed mentalities beyond their ears. They're the minority, though, aren't they? They're highlighted as the minority. God, I am terrified. Every generation has that, though. This is not new. Oh, I know. But the fact is that it's all progressive. So the things that the generations of kids were apt to in the 60s and 70s is a little bit further in the timeline than it is now. What I'm suggesting is that perhaps in the kids today in 2020, I would feel very, I would feel confident that they are probably much more intelligent than the kids who are 16, 17 and 1960. Are you guys familiar with the indigo children? um, Only from a technological standpoint. In an information being at your <clears throat> fingertips standpoint. Are you guys familiar with the Indigo Children like theories that came about in the 60s and 70s based on uh, parents who thought their kids were special uh, and possessed the supernatural abilities and all that? I've heard the term. So <clears throat> in the 70s, it's a new age concept. Um, there were enough parents having these random, you can call it Barnum effect, maybe. Uh, in some facets, Probably. I'm sure it was because everybody thinks their own kid is super special, super talented, super unique, but, um, cute. and cute too. <laughs> but, uh, in the seventies, the idea was based on concepts, um, developed by a couple of people that said, um, that these children did have psychic abilities that they could process things 
mentally and uh, even speak to adults in a way that was completely foreign compared to other kids. Okay. I'm not saying that that is um, eventually a baseline because it's hard to prove or disprove any of that. But I think that over time, evidence of the future that's on the horizon is clearly present in the children that you have today. What you have to do is be able to observe that. So you have to see that kids age 3 to 10 right now, just throw every other kid out of the observation window. Just let's do age 3 to 10 for right now. Their minds, the way that they live, the way that they think, the way that they process things, removed from school, removed from parent influence, just the way that they do it alone, if you can observe that even for a bit of time, their natural inclinations are matching a future that they'll have to live with. What we're doing is we're doing the same thing in a sense that we're creating a reality that they'll have to deal with in the physical sense. But mentally, they're being primed for a mental world that will be. So it's all happening simultaneously. And it's it's a recent observation of mine, um, not just with my daughter, with other kids, because I've been walking into uh, her school and I just quietly listen to the conversations that are being had. We get to spend a little bit of time around Kids are smart. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are really smart. They don't just say the darndest things like the older generation. I, I hated that show too. It almost Stupid. made fun of kids. It did. It was it was obnoxious. It was it was like three or four kids sitting, everyone, the whole audience around in a circle, yeah. pointing and laughing. Right. It was obnoxious. I do see the the brain evolving in children to match a world that we're more inclined to be discussing and uh, hoping is realized. That's the good news. But the bad news is we're on the polar end, uh, we're, we're on the opposite end of that when it comes to the reality that we're all living in and that we're contributing to, as uh, my co-host puts it here, because he thinks I'm contributing to the negative reality that I have to endure. You are. I know. But when I'm trying <laughs> but I'm also consciously trying to flip it on its head on a day-to-day basis. Because I know what's coming is inevitable and I'd like to make the inevitability the transition a little smoother for the people who um would experience a, a break in their understanding of a reality that could be a little harsher. Because at the end of the day and in closing here Sorry, this was a little bit of a rant. But there's natural progression, and on the polar end, there's unnatural resistance to natural progression. When those two fight it out, it's not really a battle. Mother Nature does not have an adversary on this planet. The nature of our tendencies and what we are trending towards, it ain't necessarily up to people. It ain't necessarily up to the 99 percentile of people who are content. I look at children and certainly they don't seem, even if it's completely unconscious, they don't seem content with the world right now stagnating through their adulthood and them having to deal with 
They have this. no understanding of that. But they have a natural inclination that is preparing them for a different world. Yeah. That's true for every child that ever existed on this planet. And all we do is fight it and say, wait a second, let us indoctrinate you into the world that we live in right now, that we have all these fucking problems with. Well, yeah. But let's keep you on the train. Let's keep you on the track for this world, for this experience yeah, of that. Happening right it's happening Yeah, it's happening. But the resistance to it is being genetically... Reduced. No, is being genetically... Increased. in expressed in the children of today more than it was 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. They're not going to have a choice but to think different from the way the world thinks right now. Perhaps not. I mean, they're not going to have a choice. We're really thinking about, I think we talked about this before, the sort of interstellar possibility of a future Yeah. where a man is at the precipice of trying to fix what's left of this planet. So, I mean, these kids, yeah, they are going to be thinking much different than we are right now. The problems they're going to be facing. There will be a generation that has to, right? Because um, the the extreme result is the sun dying out, right? Well, it will at some point. So sooner or later, the idea, the actual getting off this planet and actually going somewhere else, some generation will have to do it. Otherwise, the species just perishes. So the inevitabilities, the writings on the wall, sooner or later, an asteroid will make impact with this planet. So the writings are on the wall. So that's why you have to be able to access in a non-intrusive way of an understanding of what future generations are primed for or being primed for naturally by observing them and by strangely removing all influence from them because they're being primed by something that is higher than us okay. clearly okay that's it that's all i got i got you it's gonna be a forced evolution is what you're talking about it's always been a forced yeah, evolution always, we've I, just I, been directly now. combating it because we think that free will and our idea of it is contingent upon strictly what we want. Yeah. I got you. And that's where maybe wrong that it's not contingent upon our selfish wants and needs. All right. Well, what episode was this? 78. Nine. Well, it's okay to lose count. Sure job. <laughs> keep keep track of what count we're on. Meandering. Oh, how many files you got? Meandering 70. I got a lot of files. Got a file on you. <laughs> it's not very big. <laughs> That's not what she said. <laughs> see, we have jokes too. Thanks, Miguel. I'll see you guys. Oh, wait. I already came back from my trip. That's true. Yep. And I didn't have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just cement that in reality. Please. No COVID. <laughs>